Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Two title matches and Ronda Rousey's first ever match on Friday night. Her first match on SmackDown. That highlighted tonight's edition of SmackDown Live from Miami. And we have a new Intercontinental Champion. Over on Rampage, a rare episode of Rampage that aired live from Orlando tonight, the site of Sunday's pay-per-view. An absolutely bonkers three-way match for the TNT Championship opened up tonight's show. And we filled the final spot, uh, what I believe to be the final spot in Sunday's Face of the Revolution ladder match with the Christian Cage win in the main event. And also two return appearances on Rampage that were surprises that were not expected. One male, one female. We'll get into it all. This is your Friday Night SmackDown and Rampage review for March 4th, 2022. I am the Solo Monster. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, AEW Revolution is, of course, this Sunday. I'm going to go through the entire card and give you my Revolution predictions. So we are going to do Revolution predictions at the end of the stream before we do Super Chat. So that's coming up a little bit later. So we got a lot to get into here. Uh, Get those likes up. Super Chats are open. I'm going to be reading all of your messages. So if you have predictions of your own for the Revolution pay-per-view on Sunday, get them on in. Let me know what you think. Let me know who you think the winners and the losers are going to be. And uh, we'll go through all that later. And, of course, at the very end, we've got Be the Booker, March Madness edition. We're going to do more Be the Booker, so a lot of fun stuff in store here. We'll start out, as we always do, with SmackDown. We are on the road to WrestleMania. They love that word, stupendous. It is the stupendous WrestleMania this year. That That is the word that will forever be associated with this year's WrestleMania. I always remember WrestleMania 22. I always associate Peter Gabriel with that WrestleMania because they use the song Big Time, which I actually am a fan of. I happen to like that song. So this is the stupendous edition of WrestleMania this year. But SmackDown opened Saturday night's main event style. We had a rotation of backstage promos. They they do this sort of thing from time to time, and I like it when they do it because it does take me back to the days of Saturday night's main event. It would get me really, you know, pumped up and excited for the matches that were going to be on the show that night. They'd have that music in the background. So we had Paul Heyman, who was talking about Roman Reigns, and then they transitioned over to Ronda Rousey and Sonya Deville, who each talked about their main event match tonight. The Viking Raiders vowing to win the tag team titles, and the Usos then vowed to retain the tag team titles. And then we had a promo from Ricochet, and we had one from Sami Zayn. And that is what we opened the show with. Sami Zayn coming out to defend his Intercontinental Championship against Ricochet. So Sami Zayn, if you remember last week, uh, laid out Johnny Knoxville. And I laid out exactly what I thought should happen, what I think should have happened on the show tonight, uh, because it was very clear that we were heading for a Sami Zayn-Johnny Knoxville match. Uh, at WrestleMania. 
match that did not need to be contested for the Intercontinental title. I don't mind the two of them having a match. doesn't have to be for a championship. So I laid out exactly what I would do. So the match starts, and Zayn gets rolled up right away. Great near fall. I thought they were taking that title away from Sammy in the first five seconds. So that was a great near fall to open this match. Zayn slowed the pace down after a clothesline. They fought out onto the apron. Ricochet went for a super kick. Zayn caught his boot and delivered a half-Nelson suplex on the ring apron heading into the first commercial break. We come back. Zayn counters uh, a move into a sit-out powerbomb. Ricochet rallies, hits a standing moonsault for one near fall of his own. Zayn rolls out to the floor, and Ricochet hits a picture-perfect handspring into a moonsault out over the top rope and takes down Sami Zayn. You could not have timed it any better. Ricochet out there doing Ricochet things. So he climbs up to the top rope. Zayn cuts him off. And with Sammy in control, all of a sudden, we hear the Jackass theme music playing, the official anthem of WWE. So the Jackass theme plays. Here comes Johnny Knoxville to a big pop, because everybody loves Johnny Knoxville. Every time he comes out, he gets a great reaction. So he comes walking down to the ring, and he's wearing a T-shirt with Sammy's picture that says Intercontinental Chump. And this is enough to distract Sammy. He turns around, Ricochet takes advantage of the distraction, he hits a standing Rana into a pin, Rey Mysterio style. Rey Mysterio back in the day in WCW, uh, in ECW, he, he won quite a few matches with this. And so Ricochet just takes him right over with a Rana into a pinning position, gets the one, two, three, and Ricochet for the first time in his career is the Intercontinental Champion. And everybody was happy, and Johnny Knoxville had a big smile on his face. Of course, Sami Zayn was beside himself. Uh, this was a hot opener uh, with the right outcome, and it is the exact outcome that I pitched on last week's show when I said that the match of WrestleMania does not need to be for a title. Get that title off of Sami Zayn. You're giving this match to Ricochet. You know, I've seen it listed where Ricochet internally, according to some of the wrestling sites, Internally, on the internal roster, Ricochet is, is listed, he's positioned as the number two babyface on SmackDown. Now think about that. This is WWE's brand on Fox. Fox paid a billion dollars for SmackDown. They have the biggest star in the company as the top champion on this brand, that being Roman Reigns, who at the present time happens to be a heel. And the top babyface on the brand, after Drew Mac, I would say after Drew McIntyre, the number two babyface, is Ricochet. Now, he would be number three if Jeff Hardy had never left. Jeff Hardy would be number two. But think about the way that Ricochet has been booked, for the most part, over really his entire career in WWE. But like over the last six months, 12 months, the fact that he is the number two De facto babyface, considered number two on this entire show, as great as he is, tells you everything you need to know about the depth chart on this show when it comes, at least on the babyface side. They need more babyfaces. You know, maybe if they call up L.A. Knight after WrestleMania, he can fill that void and be a babyface. I mean, I love him as a heel, but you know, maybe they call him up. I think he could help out a lot. But that really says a lot when Ricochet is the de facto number two babyface in the whole fucking show. So it made sense to put the title on him. And, uh, you know, again, what I said last week was you have Ricochet win the title. 
Sammy and Knoxville go off to do their thing at WrestleMania. And then you can build to an Intercontinental Championship match at WrestleMania between Ricochet and Sheamus. You know, with Sheamus going after the one title he needs to complete his collect. I mean, I guess he wasn't Universal Champion, but, you know, to be Grand Slam or whatever it is, you know, he's got to win that Intercontinental title. And plus, you know, we've seen them in the ring before. It would be a great match. You put those two on a stage like WrestleMania, you give them some time. You know, they can go out there and have one of the best matches on on the show that night. So it's a win-win situation. You get that title far away from Johnny Knoxville. Not that it matters at this point, because the Intercontinental title is is more or less a dead belt. You know, the damage is done. There's no unringing that bell. You know, we go through these phases every few years where they kind of take more of an interest in, in the Intercontinental title. And then they lose interest, and it's right back, you know, where it was before. I'm not even convinced the title is going to be defended at all at WrestleMania. You know, I'm I'm pitching a match with Sheamus. I would just be happy to see him defend it against anybody because I'm not convinced the Intercontinental title will even be on the line at WrestleMania. I'm not even sure there'll be a championship match. But that's what I pitched last week, and uh, look. We are, we are well on our way to getting it, so I'm I going to put it out there. WWE did the right thing tonight. Now make it happen. There it is on your screen. Right there. There it is. Rick O'Shea. He's got Sheamus' hat on his head right there. Look at this guy. That's the match to do at WrestleMania. That is the match that uh, I would like to see. I would just like to see a really good intercontinental title defense on WrestleMania. But uh, what they did tonight was absolutely the right call to make. And the match was uh, was a hot opener. It was a very good match. And backstage, Sammy was furious. He was throwing furniture around. He, he was scolding the cameraman who was shooting all this. He, he was looking at the cameraman going, all you do is follow me around when bad things happen to me. And he looked in the camera and he said he was tired of Johnny Knoxville following him around everywhere he goes, even on Instagram, he follows him and he, you know, butts into his comments. He can't get away from this guy. So he said that since Knoxville wants to follow him around everywhere, he proposed that Johnny come to Dallas, follow him to Dallas and come to WrestleMania. Now, later on in the show, Kayla Braxton was in the back and she had a chance to interview Johnny Knoxville and he accepted Sammy's challenge. The match is official. It is official. We will get Sami Zayn against Johnny Knoxville at WrestleMania. And then he said something, and I I think I had heard, I don't know the details of it, but I had heard this story before. Knoxville said that, look, once upon a time on on Jackass, he said that uh, he broke his wee-wee once. And so, you know, getting into the ring with Sami Zayn would be nothing compared to him breaking his wee-wee. How does one break their wee-wee unless you're aroused? Now, maybe I don't want to know the details of this story. I'm just finding it hard to believe that one can, you know, break their dick unless you're at full attention. Otherwise, how how does that even happen? But uh, like I said, I'm not really interested in finding out. But it just made me think. What was he doing at the time that he would have broken it? It sounds very painful. So they recapped Vince McMahon's appearance on Pat McAfee's show yesterday, uh, with Vince announcing that he would be inducting uh, The Undertaker. I'm going to induct The Undertaker. 
Inductee Mark Calloway into the Hall of Fame. He'll be giving the Hall of Fame speech uh, for The Undertaker. Hopefully they'll have subtitles. And then, of course, they had the footage of him offering Pat McAfee this great opportunity for him to get into the ring for the first time in his life and have a match at WrestleMania. We've seen Pat have matches in NXT, but that's at a little tiny building. That's in the Performance Center. This is WrestleMania. This is Dallas, right? There's a big stadium. 50,000, 60,000 people. And Pat McAfee lost his shit. He was so honored by the offer to be able to have a match at WrestleMania. So Austin Theory comes out. Because before the break, they had a sign on one of the locker room doors that said Mr. McMahon. So I thought we're going to get a Vince McMahon appearance on SmackDown. No Vince McMahon. Instead, Monday Night Raw's Austin Theory comes down to the ring. He is, of course, the pupil. He's the protege of Vince McMahon. And he comes out and he tells McAfee that Vince only went on his show to set him up. And he knows Pat's a loud mouth. Vince does. And people want to see somebody shut him up. So what are you going to do, he said, when your mouth is wired shut and you can't eat breakfast, lunch, or dinner without sipping it through a straw? And Theory got out of the ring to go confront McAfee by the announce desk and to inform him that he is going to be his opponent at WrestleMania. It will not be Vince McMahon. I mean, it seemed pretty odd. Look, I didn't I didn't believe for a second that Vince McMahon was honestly, when push came to shove, no matter what they announced for WrestleMania, that 76-year-old Vince McMahon was going to be suddenly getting back into the ring, even if it was for a safe match with Pat McAfee. I mean, how safe really is it? Pat's not really a, a trained wrestler. But it doesn't matter against who. 76-year-old Vince McMahon, I don't care how good of, of, of a physical condition and the shape he looks in, he's all buff, he's got the muscle, right? I don't care. Vince McMahon back in the ring. And there were people on social media who were like, oh, I hope it is Vince. Because I said, I tweeted after the Pat McAfee show, I said, Clearly, this is going to be a spot to slot Austin Theory in there. And I had a couple of people say, I hope not. I hope it's Vince. So I want to see Vince. What's wrong with you people? What's wrong with you? People are out of their minds. So no, that was never going to happen. Austin Theory, much better option to have Austin Theory in the ring with Pat McAfee because I actually think that that could be very entertaining. I think that could actually end up being a very good match. Pat McAfee was very capable. He was more than capable in the ring when we saw him with Adam Cole in NXT. Small sample size, I know, but he looked very capable. Austin Theory is the young star on the rise that they're trying to build up. He should have a WrestleMania match. Why would Vince McMahon take the spotlight from him when they're trying to build young and build new? He's been, you know, chaperoning and, and guiding and mentoring this guy on TV now for months. It only makes sense that it would be Austin Theory in that spot. So I actually think that uh, they could end up having a pretty entertaining match. But the way the segment ended is he smacked uh, McAfee's headset right off his face, right off his head. Boom. And they even showed it in slow-mo after. And he left. And uh, McAfee stood up on top of the announce desk. And he was calling... Theory a little bitch. He was claiming he's pretending to not even know who he is. Who is that guy? Who is that guy? And Michael Cole was uh, trying to calm him down. Pat, when he got down, had to put a new headset on. 
because the other one wasn't working anymore. So he put the new one on and he cut a promo. You know, he cut a promo and Cole is trying to calm him down. And he cut a promo on Austin Theory. Again, pretending to not know who he was. And he ended him uh, ended it by calling him a little punk bitch. So to me, this was expected. You had to see this coming. And if you honestly thought Vince McMahon was going to get in the ring, well, then I don't know why you would think that. It seemed pretty obvious to me that when they, especially when they didn't shoot an angle on the show, I was more shocked. The thing that shocked me more than anything else yesterday about that Pat McAfee show interview is that they didn't shoot any kind of an angle. I thought for sure, okay, well, Vince is going to come on. He'll do a real interview. But the reason he's flying out there to be in studio is because yeah, maybe uh, Austin Theory will be there with him. They even flat out teased on Raw that Theory would be there. There was no Theory, you know, standing in the background or anything. Vince didn't say, I got a bone to pick with you. There was no physical confrontation. They didn't do any kind of an angle. He said, I'm going to give you a match, and we'll figure out who your opponent is going to be. It's like, okay, boss. All right, chief. So, you know, kind of a lame setup, but... Uh, yes, I would much rather see Austin Theory in this spot than uh, Vince McMahon in the ring. A man who uh, once, just by getting into the ring, tore one of his quads. And then, when he didn't want any help and he was trying to walk it off, tore the other one. Which he also talked about in that interview yesterday. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Naomi with Sasha Banks against Carmella with Zelina Vega in her corner. So, yes, we are indeed. For those people hoping that maybe Sasha would turn on Naomi or Naomi would turn on Sasha, which would be very weird because they just spent months building up this storyline, portraying Naomi as this sympathetic babyface. People like her. Then you're going to turn her heel? Why? If anything, I'd rather see Sasha be the one to go heel. Well, it doesn't matter. Nobody's going heel. They're doing a women's tag team title match at WrestleMania because they don't have anything better for these two to do. And they announced that it's going to be on WrestleMania Sunday. Uh, both women's title matches are taking place on night one, which is kind of weird. I thought they would separate them. So uh, you don't want all the women's matches on night one. So this match is going to take place on night two. The bell rang, and immediately Carmella bails out to the floor. And she goes over to her entourage and going to help her put her face mask on. Naomi kicked her in the side of the head when she climbed up on the apron to get back into the ring. So before she could even get into the ring with her stupid mask, Naomi kicked her in the side of the head, climbed up to the top, Carmella cut her off. There was an ugly-looking TKO by Naomi that she hit, kind of, on Carmella. This did not look good. Zelina jumped up on the apron. Sasha pulled her off, hit 
the uh, Meteora on her uh, up against the ring steps. That took out Zelina, and Naomi hit the split leg and moonsault for the win. Shout out to Ian, Ian Craft, who just subscribed to the channel. Welcome. So the split-legged moonsault hits, and Naomi picks up the win. Really not much to this. Uh, it was a you know, a win for the baby faces. And uh, next week, it's going to be Sasha Banks one-on-one -on -one against Zelina Vega, the woman who eliminated her in the first 10 minutes of the Women's Royal Rumble this year. Now she can get her revenge. Although, since the baby faces won this week, the heels will probably win next week, which means Sasha might lose, which should not be happening. Bad enough, they can't find something better for this woman to do. Hey, Mr. Robert just became a sound of legend. What's going on, Robert? It was my father's name. A good name. In the back, Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss were playing poker with a bunch of random uh, independent wrestlers. And Corbin made fun of Drew McIntyre. Moss did this uh, impression of him as they watched on the monitor. On the screen, the flat, I still call it a monitor. Uh, on the flat panel, uh, Drew McIntyre making his entrance, coming out to the ring. For a SummerSlam rematch against the modern-day Maharaja. Jinder Mahas, the most excited I've sounded even mentioning Jinder's name in about five years. Jinder Mahal, who I think has been injured. I don't know where he's been. I think it's been an injury. Uh, he came out with Shanky. This is the match I know all of you were dying to see. Big rematch from SummerSlam. Uh, what a year, by the way, for Drew McIntyre. If we could just take a moment here to appreciate the year that this man has had. So, Re WrestleMania 36, this guy kind of got fucked, right? Because he finally got his big crowning moment. This guy worked his ass off for so many years. He got fired from WWE the first time after being turned into a comedy jobber. He went away. He reinvented himself. He transformed his body. He became a star. He became a champion on the independence, and he went to Impact. WWE noticed it. Got real big. Put him in NXT. Became the NXT champion. Got called up to the main roster and had to really build himself back up all over again. And finally, the Royal Rumble two years ago, he kicks Brock Lesnar out of the ring this entire baseball stadium just explodes. He wins the Royal Rumble. He's going to WrestleMania, right? He's going to the main event of WrestleMania. And then COVID hits. And he wrestles Brock Lesnar in an empty warehouse with no fans and wins the WWE Championship in the lamest possible way. Now, none of it could be helped. I felt bad for the guy. You worked so hard for so long, he thought he was going to Raymond James Stadium. And he's in an empty warehouse winning the title, right? So he got his run. He challenged for the WWE Championship the following year at WrestleMania. Last year at WrestleMania, he wrestled Bobby Lashley for the WWE title, and he lost. But he was in the championship picture. And I do think that he needed a break because it was getting a little tiring. You know, they had him there for so long and it was like, all right, well, maybe we should kind of move on to something else here. But he goes from that, the last two WrestleManias, to wrestling Jinder Mahal at SummerSlam in a match that went not even a full five minutes. And the match tonight on the show went even less than that. This went about two. 
but he wrestles Jinder Mahal at SummerSlam, and now he's going to wrestle Happy Corbin, a guy named Happy Corbin at WrestleMania. It's been quite the journey for Drew McIntyre. Quite the year. Quite the year. So like I said, this was somehow even shorter than their SummerSlam match, and uh, Shanky jumped up on the apron. McIntyre knocked him off. Jinder tried to take advantage and go for the Coloss, uh, but McIntyre broke free with the Glasgow kiss, and the Claymore kick put away Jinder. That was the end of that. Kayla Braxton got into the ring to interview Drew when this was over and asked him if it bothered him that Corbin and Moss were making fun of him. Was he five years old? He said nobody cares about them, which is a shoot, by the way. He asked the fans to raise their hands if they want to gouge their eyes out whatever they see Corbin on their TV. And he even got Kayla Braxton to put her hand up. Uh, There are definitely times, by the way, that I am watching WWE television, and I want to gouge my eyes out. So I raise my hand as well. As I'm watching SmackDown, I'm sitting here at home, and I, I put my hand up. So he said Corbin might be undefeated as Happy Corbin, but uh, he is going to take him out of WrestleMania. We have, uh, up next, we had Rick Boogs, right? Is that how he does it? Rick Boogs. I can't do it the way that he does it. Can't do it. But he comes out to do his routine, and he introduces Shinsuke Nakamura. So I guess, all right, well, we're going to have a match. I don't know who they're going to wrestle, because they don't really have any more tag teams on this show. We, we had a tag team title match coming up. And the New Day, obviously, was occupied elsewhere. What other fucking teams do they have? But Nakamura and uh, Boogs were on their way out. Before they could even get halfway down the road, they barely moved. They came out. They didn't even get halfway down the aisle. And the Usos, the tag team champions, ambushed them from behind. Super kicks. Down goes Boogs. Down goes the former Intercontinental Champion. Why? Because it's time for the Tribal Chief to make his entrance. And out comes Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman and the entire bloodline make their way to the ring for a promo segment. No idea what happened to Nakamura and Boogs because we never saw them again. Boy, you you talk about making two guys look as insignificant as possible. And, you know, with, with Boogs, you know, people like him, but he's still a new guy. They're only first really, you know, building him. Nakamura, though. Poor Shinsuke. Got a simple super kick to the face. Never saw him again. Didn't feel the need, I guess, to come out and avenge uh, what had just happened to him. Maybe he was uh, gravely injured by this super kick. I don't know. But out came the bloodline. Miami, though, they loved them some Roman Reigns. Before this guy even said a word, they were chanting, Roman Roman, they were chanting this guy's name. They love Roman Reigns. He talked about him and Brock both defending their titles tomorrow night at Madison Square Garden. You know, I mean, they keep talking about this Madison Square Garden show. Again, I think it's just to sell tickets. I think they're up to about 7,000 tickets now. So are they going to shoot some kind of an angle? Supposedly, they're going to be filming uh, the at least the Lesnar match. So there might be something that goes down. And they'll show it on TV. My guess is whoever Lesnar's opponent ends up being. And I, I threw the name Omas out last week. Uh, just if they want, you know, the visual of Brock picking this guy up on his shoulders. 
I don't know if they want to beat Omas uh, so quickly if they're going to show any of this on TV. But I think I would think the end goal here is they're going to do some kind of an angle where Brock gets attacked by Roman in the bloodline, uh, just to put some more heat on this feud. Uh, I don't know, you know, as far as a title change, no, we're not going to get that. Uh, but boy, I mean, they are pushing this show really hard. And I talked about this last week. Vince McMahon was really embarrassed by what happened. He had to be. The way he talks about Madison Square Garden has always talked about Madison Square Garden. And they go into the garden in December and they do one of the lowest attendance figures in the history of that building for this company. This, after AEW came into New York a couple of times late last year, Arthur Ashe, UBS Arena in Long Island at the beginning of December. And and especially in Long Island, they were outdrawing what WWE did a week or two earlier in the same building. So they go to the garden the day after Christmas and they did, what, 3,000 people or something? So it could just be that he was so upset by the, you know, lack of ticket sales that he's just using television as a way to boost, uh, you know, boost sales. And maybe they're not really planning anything special. But I don't know. They're just talking about it so much on TV. I have to think something will happen that they will want to film and put on uh, Raw on Monday night and SmackDown next Friday. So we'll see what happens at the Garden. Whatever happens, I'll talk about it on the podcast, obviously, on Sunday. I will not be at the Garden. I have way too much way too much work left to do. I did I did briefly consider uh, going and buying a ticket, though, to uh, an IMAX showing of uh, the Batman. I'm here. I'm seeing wonderful things about this new Batman movie and Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne and all that. But uh, not going to have any time this weekend. So anyway, Roman says he's going to smash Brock Lesnar, but he's also going to smash whoever they put in the ring with him because he too is defending his championship uh, at Madison Square Garden tomorrow night. Originally, they had him listed against Seth Rollins. They pulled Rollins' name. So both of them are defending their titles. We don't know against who. Watch, it'll still end up being Rollins. It'll be Rollins against uh, Reigns at the Garden. Whoever it is, though, he says he's going to smash them. And he goes, Brock, though, Brock Lesnar defending his title is the interesting part because there are people who don't want to see Brock make it to WrestleMania with the championship. But that's not how he feels. That's not how Roman Reigns feels. He wants him to come to WrestleMania as the WWE champion so that he can beat him and take his title. So he doesn't want him to lose his championship. And he asked Paul Heyman, he goes, what's that line that you're always delivering? And Heyman leans in and he goes, that's not a prediction, that's a spoiler. And he asked the people in Miami, hey, all you Miami folks, do you want to hear a spoiler? I would have fucking died if they said yes and he spoiled something from the Batman movie, just to fuck with people. (laughs) That would be a great heel. You want heel heat, you go ahead and you spoil that. You go ahead and you spoil that. Goes, hey, you wanted a spoiler. I gave you a spoiler. Now acknowledge me. Oh, I would have popped for that. So he said the big spoiler is that at WrestleMania, he's going to smash Brock Lesnar. He's going to pin Brock Lesnar. He's going to stand over Brock Lesnar with both the WWE and the Universal titles raised over his head. And Brock will have no choice but to acknowledge him. And then he got all worked up and he started screaming. You know, he, he said, acknowledge me. He goes, me, me, me. And he's yelling and he's screaming. And then he calms down. 
So that was the uh, the entire segment. Not really much to it, but I thought Roman was uh, was good here. You know, again, it's more of what we've heard really from these two. I'm going to smash you. I'm going to beat you. I mean, there's you know what what more are they going to do? We still have four weeks until WrestleMania, right? T minus four weeks now. What what more can they do? We already had the contract signing last week. So the contract's been signed. Brock doesn't wrestle on TV, so we're not going to get Brock Lesnar in tag team matches and Roman on the other side, I don't think, most likely. Although I will say, it is such a unique thing for uh, Brock Lesnar to wrestle on TV, because he just he doesn't do it. The only time that he's done it since he came back to the company 10 years ago was an eight-second match on SmackDown when he beat Kofi Kingston to win the title. Uh, and then Cain Velasquez came out, and that's a whole story I'll talk about on. That's a sad story. I'll talk about that on Sunday. But, you know, I don't know that I would be against the idea of them doing a six man tag on TV between now and then. You could do Brock and the Vikings, or it's like they all look the same, right? It's like three Vikings. You could do Brock and the Viking Raiders against Roman and the Usos as a big TV main event, you know, two weeks before WrestleMania or something. I'm just trying to think of things that they could do to you know, keep that interest level from waning. Because there is still four weeks left between now and then. You know, you'll, you'll get the, the nice video package, but what more can they do when you have a guy who doesn't wrestle on TV? It just doesn't work. Uh, speaking of the Usos, they were out next against the uh, Viking Raiders for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. This was the match that was uh, supposed to happen at the Elimination Chamber show. Uh, and they were running low on time. So we never did get the match. I know you're all very devastated by that, by the way. Ivar hit a top rope splash on Jimmy to try to end it early, but he kicked out. The Vikings were setting up for their finisher. Jay cut them off, ran Ivar into the ring post, and uh, Eric got tossed over the barricade over onto the floor by the timekeeper's area heading into the break. Come back from break, and a little bit later on, Jimmy goes for the Uso splash. Eric got his knees up. And the Raiders hit the Viking experience on Jimmy, hit their finish. Jay broke up the pin at the very last second, almost didn't make it, but he broke up the pin. Vikings went for their springboard German suplex combo where uh, Ivar, you know, jumps up on the middle rope to kind of springboard himself off. When he jumped up, though, on the rope, Jay was outside the ring and he grabbed him and pulled him out over the top rope and Ivar fell to the floor. Or maybe it was Jimmy. Jimmy maybe pulled him out. And the Usos hit the 3D, which, of course, they are now calling the 1D. They hit the 3D and uh, wiped out Eric and got the win to retain the tag team title. So I actually thought it was good. It was a good match, but very predictable. I mean, there isn't anybody in the fucking world, I don't care what they say, who honestly expected there to be a title change here in this match. So as predictable as it gets, but the match itself, I thought it was good. We were supposed to have a singles match. Big E one-on-one against Sheamus. Big E and Kofi Kingston drove to the ring in the uh, ATV that Kofi bought Big E for his birthday. It was his birthday gift. So they were driving it down to the ring. And let me just uh, do a quick PSA here for anybody in WWE or who one day might find themselves on the main roster in WWE. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I've talked at length about the very bad kidnapping issue in NXT. I would never want to work in NXT in any position because I would have to uh, walk around with a bodyguard watching my back. Everybody is getting kidnapped. The NXT parking lot over there at the PC is the most dangerous place in all of America, it feels like. So we know that about NXT. But on the main roster, if you are ever gifted a vehicle, it doesn't matter if it's a car, if it's a truck, if it's an ATV, if it's a motorcycle, if it's a fucking moped, if it's a scooter if it's a wheelchair, whatever, any kind of a mobile vehicle that you are gifted, if you continue to ride it and use it on television, you do so at your own risk. You do so at your own peril. You get what you deserve. So the moment that we saw that ATV a few weeks ago, or last week, whatever it was, you knew bad things were going to happen at some point. Jinder Mahal. When have we ever seen Jinder Mahal riding a motorcycle? Remember months ago when Jinder all of a sudden was riding a fucking motorcycle? (laughs) Like, why is he riding a motorcycle? Why do you think? Because it's going to get destroyed. And that's what Drew McIntyre did. He destroyed this guy's motorcycle. Well, Big E no longer has his ATV. They rode it down to the ring. And Sheamus and Ridge Holland are out there. And they're threatening the ATV. And what ends up happening is Kofi Kingston is in this fucking thing. And he is honking the horn. And he is honking the horn repeatedly. He's honking the horn in very annoying fashion. So Ridge Holland grabs a steel chair and he hits Kofi with it. And I clapped when he did so. I applauded. You know why? Because it was fucking annoying. Kofi Kingston honking the horn. I was glad that he hit him with a chair. I wanted him to hit him more with the chair. Fucking annoying. Got what he deserved. I would have hit him with a chair too. I would have hit him. I would have hit him uh, over and over and over and over again. I would have hit him in the head with that chair. Then Holland started beating on the ATV with the chair. He's putting dents in this thing. So Kofi was laid out on the floor. Big E had gotten laid out in the ring. And Seamus climbs into the ATV with Holland, and they stole it, and they drove off in the ATV. Grand Theft Auto. Basically, that's what this was, Grand Theft Auto. After the break, they showed footage of what happened during the commercial of Seamus and Holland. They were in the parking lot, and they destroyed the ATV. It was only partially destroyed before. Now they completely destroyed this thing. 
And so the match is official for SmackDown next Friday. It's going to be Big E and uh, Kofi Kingston taking on Sheamus and Ridge Holland. I was actually happy to see that because I thought they were going to save this for WrestleMania. I would rather see Sheamus in an Intercontinental title match. Uh, But then again, I don't know what you do with the New Day. I mean, what do you do with them at this point? They're not in the title picture. You know, I mean, whether you think they should be there or not, they're not. They're not at the moment in the title picture. So they're not getting a title match at WrestleMania. So what the hell do you do with the New Day? You know, I mean, maybe maybe they'll be a non-decision next week, and we are going to get a match at WrestleMania with Sheamus and Ridge Holland against Big E and Kofi. Because you know they're going to want New Day on the show. I mean, they're certainly going to find a role for them on the show, but what the hell do you do with them? A uh, Fat Cheezus. Fat Cheezus. Just uh, subscribe to the channel. That's a P-H-A-T Fat. Welcome to the channel. Uh, we had Ronda Rousey in the main event. One-on-one, taking on Sonya Deville, WWE authority figure, Sonya Deville. Ronda Rousey, of course, the winner of the 2022 Women's Royal Rumble match. This was her first ever match here on SmackDown. No blue gi. This was a missed opportunity. Ronda wore a blue gi to Saudi Arabia. You're on a show whose color scheme is blue. Why do you think I got a blue light behind me right now? See? This was the perfect opportunity for her to wear her blue gi. But no blue gi. She walked out wearing a Roddy Piper-style kilt, took it off before the match. She had uh, brand-new wrestling gear made. Before the bell rang, out comes Charlotte Flair, the SmackDown Women's Champion. She comes down to the ring, takes a seat right next to the announcers. Literally 15 seconds, if that, 15 seconds, into this match. Charlotte Flair gets up on the apron to interfere. And she distracts Ronda long enough for Sonya Deville to clip her knee with a chop block, her surgically repaired knee, which they pointed out, from behind. And then Charlotte decides to take a seat and do some color commentaries. She sat down next to Michael Cole and Pat McAfee. And Sonya got a little bit of offense in, obviously didn't get too much. Uh, This didn't go very long. This entire match went about three minutes. So we got a three-minute main event. I guess you don't want to overexpose Ronda. In a singles uh, situation here on TV, she's still, hey, look, three years away. You know, she's still working off some ring rust. But uh, they're the ones that put her in the main event of WrestleMania. So that's kind of the issue they have to deal with. But, I mean, Ronda looked fine, you know, for the time that she was in there, I thought. Ronda got a couple of judo throws in. She hit Piper's pit and then looked at the crowd and asked the fans in the front row, who wants a souvenir tonight? And she grabbed the arm, and she wrenched back for the arm bar and got the submission in uh, in around three minutes. So Rhonda stands up, and she eyeballs Charlotte out on the floor. And she's motioning for her to get into the ring. And Charlotte obliges, and she gets inside. And Rhonda took her down, applied an ankle lock. And Charlotte began furiously tapping out. And so the story they told on commentary is that Charlotte had called Rhonda a one-trick pony. She's got the arm bar. And she really doesn't have anything else. She's a one-trick pony. And so what they showed here is that Ronda, in fact, has more than one way that she could submit Charlotte at WrestleMania and win the title, not just with an armbar, but with an ankle lock as well. Which I would like to think she got from her old tag team partner at WrestleMania when she first debuted, Kurt Angle. The master of the ankle lock. Actually, Ken Shamrock. In this company, Ken Shamrock was the master of the ankle lock. 
Yeah, it's a match I don't mention too often when I occasionally get these questions. What what was the one match you wish you could have seen but you didn't? Because it's not at the top of my list, but it is a match I always wanted to see. Ken Shamrock back during his original WWE run against Prime Kurt Angle. The Battle of the Ankle Locks. Angle and Shamrock. I feel like that would have been a really good match. There's something about that. I think that would have been really good. Uh, it wasn't a bad show, especially with some of the SmackDowns we've gotten in recent weeks. I didn't think it was a bad show. Uh, they moved some stories along for WrestleMania, but nothing really good wrestling-wise outside of the opener. I mean, if that's your thing, if you're looking for some good wrestling on a Friday night, uh, SmackDown was really not the show for that tonight, I don't think. Yeah, there was some good stuff, but you know, you watch the opener. If you're looking for a really good match, uh, there was nothing on the show better than the opener with uh, Sammy and Ricochet. And so uh, that is your SmackDown review. Of course, uh, at that point, we flipped on over to TNT for a rare live installment of AEW Rampage. They are already in Orlando. They are getting ready for the Revolution show on Sunday, getting ready for the Revolution on pay-per-view coming up on Sunday. The three competitors in the TNT Championship match were already in the ring. Justin Roberts was doing the ring introduction. Sammy Guevara, who is the defending TNT champion. Uh, we had Darby Allen, And we had Andrade El Idolo. This is the match that uh, I had been hoping we would get at the pay-per-view. And then I saw they're doing it on Rampage. And I said, well, at least we're getting it at all. And the stipulation was that if anybody interfered or tried to interfere... Uh, in this match, there would be fines and suspensions and all that jazz, and so uh, nobody did get involved here. There was an insane uh, delayed vertical suplex powerbomb spot early on in this match. I don't believe I have ever seen anything quite like this before. I've seen crazy spots. I've seen you know, the Tower of Doom spot, which is basically you know kind of what this was. Uh, but Sammy was on the ropes, and he had Darby up in a vertical suplex position. In comes Andrade underneath them and grabs them in a powerbomb position. Sammy continues to hold Darby up for this vertical suplex as Andrade walks them out of the corner and then uh, slams all of them down. And Sammy, the entire time, is muscling up Darby. And look, I know Darby is, you know, 160 pounds soaking wet. He's not a big man. But still, that takes an incredible amount of core strength. Uh, to do something like that while you're in motion, while you're being moved. Uh, so I thought that was a very a very cool spot. Andrade pulled his belt off. He started whipping them with it as they cut to the first picture-in-picture. Picture. They come back from break. And uh, yes, uh, by the way, Ted Evans in the chat is wondering, was Rampage live tonight? It was. Uh, that is what happens sometimes on these pay-per-view weekends when they uh, come into town. Uh, they do sometimes have the occasional live rampage. So tonight was a live show. So they come back from break. Andrade was giving Sammy the three amigos, the final suplex he hit into the corner buckles. And he manhandled Darby Allen with a urinage across the knee. Andrade was fucking demolishing these guys in there. Now, I still think he's losing too often. We, we actually don't even see him in the ring that often, but when we do, I kind of feel like he loses more than he should. But uh, he looked good for the time in that ring tonight. Now, he got a lot of offense, and he was manhandling these two guys. 
Of course, physically, he's bigger than both of them. Uh, we're bulky. You know, he's he's more bulked up than they are. So Andrade went up for the moonsault. Darby rolled out of the way. Andrade landed on his feet, immediately hit the standing moonsault press on Sammy. How is it? How is it that I see Andrade hit this move every time he does? I see him hit this move and it looks great. Charlotte does it and it looks like shit every single time. I I don't understand. She's been doing it long enough. You would think that she would be better at it by now. A shout out to AMZO. He has been a sound off uh, channel member for three months. Says, uh, first time listening to you live from the UK. Ten years of listening to you and appreciate the work that you have produced. So he's able to join live on the stream tonight for the very first time. That's very cool. Thank you, sir. It's got to be pretty early in the morning where you are. So thank you for uh, tuning in. But anyway, uh, we got a three-way chop fest. These guys were chopping the shit out of each other. Darby hung Andrade up in the corner in a uh, tree of woe. Or as uh, Joey Lawrence would say, tree of woe. So he hung him up in the tree of woe. And uh, Darby turned around and he notices that Sammy Guevara is in the other corner on the same side. He's in the other corner standing on the top rope. And so Darby comes in, you know, comes racing towards him. And Sammy jumps over Darby and goes coast to coast and connects with a drop kick on Andrade. I thought that was fantastic. The way they pulled that off, it looked great. Uh, There was another spot where Darby came charging in at Sammy. Sammy was standing by the ropes. He was actually getting ready to hit some kind of a dive out onto Andrade, I think. And Darby comes in like a bat out of hell. And Sammy moves out of the way. And Darby, like a battering ram, just nails Andrade out on the floor with his body. Just He just he throws his body. He literally uses his body as a weapon. He doesn't use his, his feet or his fists. He just takes his whole fucking body. You know, what, what do they call in the, uh, in the uh, Super Mario games? Uh, Bullet Bob. Every time I see Darby doing those dives, those, those torpedo dives through the ropes, I think of, oh, not Bullet Bob. I'm thinking of Bullet Bob Armstrong. Uh, Bullet Bill. That's what it was. <laughs> Bullet Bob. Yeah, you learned something new tonight, everybody. Bullet Bob was in uh, Super Mario Brothers. No, Bullet Bill. I'm going to start calling him Bullet Bill from now on, because that's what Darby Allen fucking reminds me of. So Darby, uh, the finish was actually uh, great here in this match. Darby hit his flipping stunner to Andrade, who then walked into the GTH from Sammy Guevara. He nailed him with it. But then Darby grabs Sammy, and he throws him out of the ring. I thought he was going to steal the pin. Uh, But instead, Darby goes up to the top rope. He looks backwards. He flips off Andrade, and he hits the coffin drop to Andrade. Uh, Tries for the pin, but Sammy came flying off the top from out of camera frame. We didn't even see him on the top rope. He comes flying in with a a diving senton uh, off the top onto... Uh, Darby's back, and then he pins Andrade instead to retain the TNT Championship. Uh, This match was absolutely insane. What more can I say? Uh, This was a fantastic opener, a hot opener. Uh, Hotter than the opener on SmackDown, and I like that match, but this was was better. Uh, And this is why I wanted to see this match. Now, we got it tonight instead of Sunday, so whatever, but 
Now you know why I wanted to see this match, because I expected that this match was going to be wild and insane, and that's exactly what it was. Uh, Darby refused to shake uh, Sammy's hand after it was over, when he put his hand out, and Darby rolled out to the floor and he left. So uh, they are going to have to be tag team partners in the trios match on Sunday, so you know, they, uh, this, the story they're telling is that there could be some trouble in paradise there. Back from break, Penta and Pac are in the ring with Alex Abrahantes, who is still dressed up as uh, Dracula or uh, something out of Star Wars. So, somebody told me what he was dressed up as last week. Is it Darth Maul? <laughs> you know, maybe Darth Maul, whatever it is. I know he's dressed up as some kind of character, but... Uh... Actually, you know what it is with Darby and Sammy? Can they coexist? Shit. It's infecting AEW now. Can they coexist? We have a can they coexist storyline now for Sunday. (sighs) Anyway, Alex is in the ring and (laughs) Alex looked like a clown. All right, well, we can call him a clown then, I guess. So he's cutting the promo on the House of Black and he says, you know, we may be down a man with Ray Phoenix still being out with that arm injury. There are still three of them, and there are three members of the House of Black. So a video plays, the lights go out, and a video plays. A very well-produced, clearly not live, vignette plays with Malachi Black, Brody King, and Buddy Matthews. And they all take turns talking. When the lights come back on, Malachi, Brody, and Buddy are in the ring. They're on the apron. They're not in the ring, but they're on the apron. And Pac and Penta and Alex, they got their backs turned. They're looking up at the screen. And I just thought this was actually really lame. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The vignettes that the House of Black does, I actually think they're very well produced. I, I like the vignettes. But just the idea that they're watching these guys do a clearly pre-taped, not live vignette, responding to what Alex just said, right? So there's no way that they could know what he was going to say. So they respond to it as if it's live. The lights go out, they come back on, and then they're standing on the ring apron. Too much for me to even suspend my disbelief in that moment. I didn't like that. I thought that was actually pretty lame the way they worked that. But anyway, uh, Alex made it very clear that I told you there are three of us. I didn't say that all three of us, though, were in the ring right now at this moment. So basically saying that 
I'm not going to be wrestling. There's somebody else who's going to be teaming with Penta and Pac. And they played uh, some music I didn't recognize. He said they have a monster of their own. And that monster turned out to be Eric Redbeard, the former uh, Eric Rowan from the Wyatt family, who made one appearance on AEW television. It was the Brody Lee tribute show. And actually, that was one of the more you know, emotional moments on that show, uh, because how often do you see a big guy like that start bawling his eyes out in the middle of the ring? And of course, him and Luke Harper were tag team partners for many years, very good friends. Uh, so that was uh, that was a tough thing to watch at the time. And it was very cool that they brought him in for that show. But, you know, how many people are clamoring to see, you know, Eric Redbeard is all elite? You know, it, he came out. He's a big dude, I will say, uh, because there are a lot of smaller guys on the AEW roster. When you see him out there, even in the ring with Brody King is a big dude. But, you know, you watch Redbeard in the ring, and he just towers over all of them. He dwarfed. He dwarfed it. And, you know, he's beating up a bunch of security goofballs and everything. And, you know, people were happy to see him. And now they have a monster of their own. Uh, they made it official that there's going to be a uh, a match on the pre-show this Sunday of Revolution. Uh, the segment ended, actually, with uh, Pentagon breaking the arm of uh, one of the security guys, and they played this cracking sound effect, very similar to what they used to do back in the day on Lucha Underground when he was breaking arms. So, again, as far as Redbeard coming in, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me in this way. I don't think he's all elite. I think this is a one-off. Or or, or whether it's a one-off or a two-off, it's a temporary thing. I think that they needed somebody in there for a match on Sunday because Ray Phoenix is not ready to come back just yet. And more importantly, I think they needed somebody who could take the losing fall. Because I don't think that the babyfaces are winning on Sunday. I think the heels are going to win. They should win. And I bet you that it's Redbeard, probably from Brody King, but I bet you it's Redbeard who's going to take the losing fall on that match. So I think it's a one-off. I mean, we'll see. I, I uh, Before I went live, I looked to make sure Tony Khan didn't put up the uh, Redbeard as all elite graphic. I didn't see it. So uh, that would be my guess. They needed a big guy. They brought him in for a one-shot. He'll probably take the losing fall on Sunday. No harm, no foul. Uh, I can't say that uh, signing Eric Rowan is, uh, you know, w- would be a terribly exciting thing, especially when they're still teasing more free agents are coming in. Nobody is clamoring to see this guy on AEW television every week. I'm sorry. Scorpio Sky and Dan Lambert uh, were in the back for a segment. Now, speaking of Tony Khan and uh, Tony's tweets, He tweeted something a little bit earlier. I'll read you what he wrote. He said, I had offered a seventh spot in the face of the Revolution ladder match to the 2021 winner of that match, Scorpio Sky. But instead, I just bartered. He's bartering now. He bartered with Dan Lambert. Scorpio Sky instead will challenge the winner of tonight's three-way for the TNT Championship on on, uh, Dynamite, rather, this Wednesday. So... That is going to be the TNT title match on Wednesday. It will be Sammy defending against Scorpio Sky. Also, as part of this agreement that they reached, Paige Van Zant will sign with AEW. She is going to be on the pay-per-view on Sunday, uh, in the ring, I assume, to sign her AEW contract. And that is great news. 
You've heard me mention Paige Van Zandt recently and how I was hoping they would sign her. I was hoping we would see her do stuff with AEW because, yeah, she's a beautiful woman. But when she was out there in those segments and she's in the ring and she's jumping around, you know, when Lambert had the American Top Team people out there, you could tell this woman's got uh, a certain charisma about her. And I really feel like without seeing her in a wrestling match yet, I mean, she might not be able to work a wrestling match for shit for all I know. but. I feel like she's somebody who could fit in very well in this world. So I, I like that. I like that move. I think bringing her in uh, is is a smart thing to do. And so uh, I was happy to hear that. But I assume this means no seventh spot in the ladder match on Sunday. And they made it pretty clear that, you know, in the main event tonight, they were deciding on the sixth and final spot. So. It could just be that Excalibur misspoke last Friday when he was speed reading through the card. He very clearly mentioned that there would be seven spots uh, in that match. And so I just assumed they were keeping a spot open for you know, maybe a Joker entrant. It's possible they still are. It'll be a surprise, but it doesn't, doesn't look that way. It looks like we're getting the six spots, uh, which is what it was last year. We had six people in the match last year. Limitless Keith Lee. Bask in his glory. Only his second match on AEW television since he debuted. Keith Lee one-on-one against J.D. Great. Uh, great. J.D. the Great. Keith Lee against J.D. from NY. No. Keith Lee against J.D. Drake. And Lee took him down with the crisscross shoulder tackle uh, before cutting to a picture and picture break. This guy, he just started the match. Keith Lee, only his second match on AEW television, and they cut to a fucking picture-in-picture. And the majority of the match took place during the commercial break. That sucked. That sucked. If you're a Keith Lee fan, then that sucked. So I was trying to pay attention in the box to what was going on in the the first part. Because, you know, the picture-in-picture stuff is not the entire break. They do that for, like, half the break, and then the box disappears. So I'm trying to watch and pay attention to what's going on. And, uh, you know, he's giving him the big bear, big bear chops on the outside. Those big bear paws chopping away. When they come back, they're in the ring and Drake was uh, laying in some chops of his own. Uh, He hit a cannonball senton to Lee in the corner. He climbed up top, hit the moonsault press, but Lee kicked out at one. And then Keith Lee caught Drake coming off the ropes for another move. He pressed him up onto his shoulders in an F5 position, and then he hit his finish, the Big Bang Catastrophe, the big uh, jackhammer-like slam for the 1-2-3. JD's crew, the wingmen, they jumped Keith Lee when the match was over, Peter Avalon, who is now working on a per-appearance deal with AEW, Ryan Nemeth, and uh, Cesar Bononi. Lee quickly got the better of all of them. He ended up uh, chucking Avalon out of the ring onto the big pile of uh, bodies on the outside. Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs, they left the broadcast position and they started to walk down the ramp because you know they have been needling Keith Lee in these backstage segments. They've been uh, poking fun at him and his, the way he, he talks, his cadence in these promos, which is something that Keith Lee brought up in, in uh, he was on uh, Talk is Jericho in his interview with him. And I'll talk a little bit about that on the podcast on Sunday as well. Because uh, he couldn't understand why Vince McMahon didn't like the way that he spoke in his promos. And I can, because he sounded ridiculous. <laughs> That's why. 
I remember I even mentioned that at the time when he would come out and do the whole greetings and salutations, and it just sounded stupid. I agree with Vince McMahon on that point. I thought he sounded uh, just, it just sounded very weird for a wrestling promo. And uh, clearly other people felt the same way because from the day that he set foot in AEW and start, he was in those segments with Ricky Starks in the back, they've been making fun of him for it. So clearly this is something a lot of people have noticed. The fact that they're even mocking him on AEW television for it. Anyway, they start coming down the ramp and Orange Cassidy's theme song plays. He walks out. All of these guys are going to be part of the ladder match on Sunday. And uh, so that's that's kind of where uh, the segment uh, came to a close. Hey, Steve Heredia, Bakersfield Big Shot, is uh, currently at work, just dropping in to say hi, and he makes a very important point. Don't forget to like. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Look at this. He's at work, and he's shilling for my channel. I, I appreciate that. But do hit that like button. So we had footage uh, that aired of the bloody attack on Dynamite Wednesday night when uh, MJF and Wardlow and Sean Spears, uh, they put the dog collar around CM Punk's neck and they were hanging him, you know, over the top rope. And they had an exclusive interview from the trainer's room that night, later that night. Punk was a bloody mess. And it was great, too. And very smart. Whenever you have a bloody attack like that, you'll notice Punk was wearing white. He was wearing a white shirt. Always wear white. Stands out more. Always wear white. I remember there was something. Hogan. I want to say maybe it was the Australia tour. It was over a decade ago. Hogan and Flair, they had a series of matches. It was really sad. They looked so fucking old and flabby and disgusting. This was probably 2009. You know, Hogan and Flair went to uh, Australia on some kind of tour to have some matches. Uh, And actually, I think that was the final tour that uh, Umaga wrestled on before he passed away. But I want to say maybe it was for that event that uh, there was some kind of a press conference to promote it over there. And Hogan got attacked. And he, he, of course, he gigged and cut himself. And he's bleeding all over the place. And he was wearing white. I, that always stands out to me because he came up and there's just blood all over him and everything and all the other wrestlers are helping him up and stuff. Always wear white. So you could tell I'm not going to bleed on this stream because I'm wearing black. If you ever see me wearing white, I might do a blade job here on this stream, but not tonight. So anyway, they cut to this pre-tape promo from the other night in the trainer's room. CM Punk, he looks like a man possessed. He looks like a crazed man. He's blood all over him. His eyes are wide open. And he's looking dead in the camera. And he cuts this great promo, this intense, great promo, selling this match on Sunday. I've loved everything about the final weeks of this feud. Some of the material in their promos leading up to the first match on TV got redundant. Ever since they got past that first match, everything they've done since then in the month between then and now has been fantastic. And it's all been carried on these promos that they've done. Both of them, MJF and CM Punk both. This was classic old-school wrestling here, though, in this promo. Punk looked in the camera, and he said that MJF wanted the CM Punk that he grew up on. He congratulated him because he's going to get it, said MJF is not ready for it. Punk said he's going to beat MJF so badly his own mother is not even going to recognize him when he's done with him. He said that he will become a monster to fight the monsters of the world because I am CM Punk, and I'm better than you. 
And uh, that wasn't all of it, but uh, I would definitely encourage you all to go uh, seek that promo out. This right here was Pro Wrestling 101. I loved it. This was great. Tony Schiavone interviewed Jade Cargill and Mark Sterling in the back, and Sterling was bragging about putting a clause in the contract for her match with Ty Conti on Sunday that uh, Jade could not be touched until 48 hours before the event. Well, it is Friday. It is now less than 48 hours until their match on that show. And uh, Anna Jay showed up to provide the the distraction. And then Ty Conti came from out of nowhere with a pump kick and took down Jade and told her that she was going to become the new TBS champion. Serena Deeb was out next for the Professor's Weekly 5-Minute Challenge against Layla Gray. Layla Gray was the opponent this week, and she bailed out to the floor right after the bell rang. So she's she's playing it smart. All she's got to do is last five minutes. All she's got to do is survive. So she's trying to frustrate Serena by trying to run out the clock. Unfortunately for her, it didn't work out. Uh, Serena won quickly with a guillotine choke. She beat up on Gray after the match, and she applied the serenity lock, when all of a sudden we heard Hikaru Shida's music. We haven't seen Sheeta in a little while. She had gone back to Japan. Well, now she's back. She's got her kendo stick with her, and Sheeta comes down to the ring, and she is just destroying. She's wrecking Serena with these kendo stick shots. I mean, just wailing away at this woman. So this feud, I guess, is going to resume a lot quicker than I thought. I thought uh, Sheeta was going to be gone for longer than she was. It was good to see her back. I, I do think that it would be... Uh, weird, it would be unfortunate if these challenges they've been doing on TV, these five-minute challenges, just sort of ended now. It was just something to do until Sheeta was ready to come back, and now she's back, and if they just dropped the whole concept. Because I, I thought and still hope that they keep these going until you get to a woman that you want to start building up as a new star on the women's roster. And one week on TV, she shocks the world by surviving the five minutes with Serena Deeb, or maybe she even beats her and pins her in the middle of the ring. And all of a sudden, you've created a buzz around somebody new. Uh, it would be kind of a waste, I think, if they just did away with it now that Sheeta is back. Tony Schiavone was in the back with Eddie Kingston to talk about his match on Sunday with Chris Jericho. Kingston mocked everybody late, lately, including Jericho. Uh, throwing out insider terms. He said, kayfabe may be dead, but that don't mean we have to piss on its grave. He said he would embarrass Jericho and said the best part of that was that Jericho would have to shake his hand after he beats him on Sunday. The main event was Christian Cage against all-ego Ethan Page for the final spot in the Face of the Revolution ladder match coming up on Sunday. Uh, I was getting a weird TNA vibe here watching this match. Uh, Not much happened before they cut to the final picture-in-picture, and then coming out of the break, Ethan Page hit a cutter on Christian for a near fall. Christian hit a diving headbutt for one of his own. Page hit a shoulder tackle that took Christian down, and then he tried to set up for the ego's edge. Christian escaped, hit a spear for a near fall. Page sent Christian's shoulder first into the ring post and again set up for the ego's edge, and he got him up. He got him up for it, but then Christian slipped out, Hit the kill switch for the one, two, three. And so Christian Cage wins the final spot in Sunday's ladder match. Uh, a match stipulation 
that Christian is very familiar with. It just feels right having Christian back in a ladder match on uh, Sunday. Plus, they really haven't been doing anything of late with him at all. I mean, he's been playing uh, the the role of mentor and manager to uh, Jurassic Express. So it's about time for him to get out there. Remember when he came in? His T-shirt slogan, outwork everybody. Well, he hasn't been doing much out. You know, he hasn't been doing uh, much work. So, With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You'll have a chance to put the work in on Sunday. Hey, Del Fuego. Sound of legend for five months. Hope you guys saw my Solomonster Bebe sign. I was in the first few rows facing the ring. See you guys at Revolution. Uh, if anybody saw the sign or could get a screen cap of it, I did not see it. Uh, I did not see it, and again, part of the time I was taking notes as well, so maybe I looked away. Uh, I didn't see it on TV, but he did send me a picture on social media uh, before the show on Twitter, and uh, it looked good. I like the sign. I uh, tweeted it out to everybody, so if anybody did see it, though, uh, let me know, and I'll go back and I'll take a look. So Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus walked to the ring afterwards to celebrate uh, in the ring with Christian. Then out come the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. And they walk down to the ring, T's getting inside, but then they uh, decided instead, Kyle reached in and grabbed one of the AW tag team belts. Matt Jackson reached in, he grabbed the other belt. They were facing each other on the outside, holding the belts. When Luchasaurus reached down and grabbed them away, Jungle Boy did a dive out over the top rope and uh, wiped them both out to close out the show. So the main event was uh, okay. I thought the main event was all right, but uh, nothing was going to compare to that opener for the TNT title. But I thought overall it was a a pretty strong show, and it flew by very quickly. Uh, Maybe it's the live aspect of it. There was something about this show tonight, uh, and and you know what? Maybe it was. Maybe it was the fact that it was live and not taped. Uh, It just, you know, it it always goes quickly because it's only an hour. And they try to cram so much shit uh, into that hour. It didn't feel that bad tonight where they were trying to cram too much in. Uh, So maybe that had something to do with it. But I I enjoyed the show. I enjoyed the show tonight. Let's uh, take a look at the polls. We'll start with SmackDown here. Uh, Overall positive score, barely. But that is a positive score for SmackDown. 52.5% thumbs up, 47.5% thumbs down. And uh, as compared to Rampage, 87% thumbs up and uh, roughly 13% thumbs down. Yes, uh, Loop Cannon, I did see 
Uh, Kyle O'Reilly, when he grabbed the belt, I did see him do the old air guitar that he used to do in NXT when they were the tag team champions. So anyway, at Solomonster, as I always mention, at Solomonster on Twitter, if you want to vote, I'll uh, probably check the poll one more time here before we uh, wrap up a little bit later. So if you guys want to vote, you guys know the place to go. Simple as that. Now, I told you that we were going to do predictions for uh, Revolution. And uh, we're going to do them. I'm going to do them on Sunday as well. Uh, but we'll run through them now. Revolution is live on Sunday from Orlando. I'm going to be live back here with you as soon as the pay-per-view is over. So you know it's going to be a late night. Because I don't see that pay-per-view going off the air until probably closer to midnight. But I'll be on as soon as it ends. Uh, the buy-in pre-show had two. Now it has three matches. We have Chris Statlander one-on-one against legit Layla Hirsch. I have Hirsch winning that one. I have Hook. Where are all the hookers at in the chat? I know you're here. I have Hook going over on QT Marshall. Any other outcome to that match is completely unacceptable. And just added the House of Black take on Pac Penta and Eric Redbeard. I'm going with the House of Black for the win. And I think Redbeard is there to take the losing fall. I do. We have the face of the Revolution ladder match for a future TNT Championship match. We have Wardlow, Keith Lee. Powerhouse Hobbs, Ricky Starks, Orange Cassidy, and Christian Cage. Always possible that they could add a seventh Joker entrant. I will say right now that if they do, my pick is Shane Strickland. I think he's coming in very soon. In fact, I think within the next week or two, he's going to probably be making his AEW debut. Uh, But they may not add an extra uh, entrant in this match. Right now, it's just the six. Uh, I'm going with Wardlow. I've got Wardlow as my pick here to win, and I I debated, you know, whether Sean Spears costs Wardlow the match here, and uh, you know maybe Keith Lee wins. It's not ideal for him to be losing this early on, but it's not a singles match or anything. It's a multi man match. If he doesn't, you know, he he can lose without losing. He just doesn't have to win. But it's not really a loss, right? If you're in there with five or six other people and you just so happen to not climb the ladder and pull down the contract or whatever is hanging above the ring, I mean, it's not the end of the world if uh, you know Keith Lee does not win this match. But I, I thought about that. I thought maybe Lee wins if if Spears costs Wardlow you know, the victory. But uh, I think it would be a case more so of Spears or MJF costing Wardlow the TNT title when he actually goes and gets his uh, championship match, especially if MJF loses on this show. I think it'll just drive him to be so jealous of Wardlow that he can't, you know, if I didn't win, then this fucker certainly isn't going to win. I see that as more likely. And to get there and to do that, Wardlow has to win. He has to win so that he can go on to challenge for the title. So I think Wardlow is going to pick up the victory. We have Jade Cargill putting the TBS championship on the line against Ty Conti. Jade Cargill is undefeated. Uh, Jade Cargill will remain undefeated, and she will retain her TNT title. Chris Jericho takes on Eddie Kingston. Uh, We had that one segment. I go back to that one segment in the back on Dynamite on Wednesday when Santana and Ortiz walked up to Jericho and they said, are we cool? 
and it looked like they may have been back on the same page. And then Jericho made some other comment. They ignored him and they walked off. Uh, I don't know that they're going to have his back when Jericho needs them on Sunday. Uh, so we may see them make an appearance. But I think Eddie Kingston's going to get the win. I have Eddie Kingston. He's going to... Remember what Jericho said? You can't win the big one, right? Well, I think this is his first kind of big win on the road to whatever that next chapter is going to be. Uh, I think Eddie Kingston gets the win here. We have Sting, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara. Or I should say, I'm sorry, Mr. Stink, Darby Allen, and Sammy Guevara against Andrade El Idolo, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy of Private Party. I think this is the beginning of the end for Matt Hardy in the AHFO. And I think that Matt is going to be out of the group very, uh, very soon, I predict. Uh, this loss probably being one of the reasons why. And that is going to lead very soon to the debut of Jeff Hardy, who will officially be free to appear on AEW television. Well, let's see here. Uh, Sunday is the 6th, right? Monday is the 7th. Tuesday is the 8th. Oh, very interesting timing. Very interesting timing. So Matt has said that Jeff's non-compete with WWE expires on March 9th. Wednesday is March 9th. So would Jeff Hardy technically be allowed to appear on television that night, or do you have to wait until the 10th once the 9th is over? My impression would be that as of Wednesday, he could appear anywhere he wants. And if that's the case, we may get Jeff Hardy on TV this week. But I don't know how that works. If they have to wait the extra day until midnight, then it's official. That's very interesting. The timing of that could be very interesting. But regardless, uh, I got the baby faces going over here. Uh, I, I I don't see any way Sting, Darby, and Sammy don't win this match. We have Brian Danielson uh, going one-on-one against John Moxley. Uh, this is uh, the match I think I am most looking forward to on this show. Danielson has been just absolutely on fire since coming to AEW. Uh, everything this guy touches turns to gold. He wants Moxley to join with him. Moxley has said that he doesn't stand next to someone unless they've bled together. Uh, I think it's pretty clear we're going to get some blood, maybe a lot of blood, uh, in this match. In the end, though, I think Moxley gets the win. So I'm picking John Moxley for the W. Um, but I think he gains respect for Danielson, and he joins with him. And we get kind of a new two-man power trip of sorts. Now, maybe they're tweeners. Take some young guns under their wing. I really hope they they move forward with that story and we get a little group going with these uh, with these guys. But I got Moxley winning the match. Well, I got a whole mix of answers here about when Jeff Hardy might legally be able to appear. I had half of you say the ninth, and I had half of you say the tenth. I think it's the tenth, or at least I think Tony Khan wouldn't want to take any chances, and he would they would just err on the side of caution, and maybe Jeff would show up the following week. Uh, but I was just thinking about that. I, I really, I don't know what the answer is to that. That's actually a really good question. Uh, Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus defend the AEW Tag Team titles against the Young Bucks and Red Dragon. Jurassic Express is just two months into their run as the Tag Team Champions. They won the belts at the very beginning of the year. They have not had very long uh, as the champions, and I think it would just be very premature to take the belts off two of your homegrown stars. Uh, I think it's too soon. So I don't see there being a tag team title change here. I, you know, Red Dragon does not need to win them right away. The Young Bucks don't need these belts back right now. 
there's an issue between the two of them. The two challengers are the ones with the issue that's bubbling up under the surface. They kind of cancel each other out. They'll probably end up costing each other the match. One team has the match won, they pull them off. The other guys have the match won, they pull them off. That's what I mean when I say I think they cancel each other out. There's a bigger story going on here that's much bigger than than the tag team titles and the fucking dinosaur. Uh, I think they retain. And this is just another chapter in the story of uh, wherever things are going involving the elite guys. And then it'll really blow open when Kenny Omega is ready to come back. So I think the uh, tag titles are staying right where they are. We've got CM Punk against MJF in a dog collar match. Danielson against Moxley is... It's not going to be the only bloodbath on this show. We know this match is going to get violent. We know this match is going to get bloody. Uh, so it's going to be interesting because this is the match that has the most compelling story and build out of anything else on this entire show. I just got done praising the promo work from both these guys. It's got me, you know, hyped up to see them in the ring and to see what they're going to do once they get in there. Uh, as great as they've been, you know, remember, we still don't know when the Wardlow split is going to happen. I don't think it's going to happen on Sunday. I think they're going to milk this a little bit more. Especially if Wardlow wins the ladder match, as I think he will. He's going to have a TNT title match in his back pocket. I don't know that they're going to do a split just yet. But there's always that kind of looming in the background. You know, if Wardlow gets involved, if he accidentally costs MJF the match or isn't there when he needs the Dynamite Diamond Ring or something. You know, something like that. Um, Although I don't know why he would need to worry about getting the ring from Wardlow. I mean, there are no rules in a dog collar match. He could just put the ring down his fucking pants if he wants to. But as far as who wins this match, I think uh, I got CM Punk as my pick. I just mentioned that first. Uh, I think CM Punk is going to win this match. I think CM Punk winning this match works. And I'll tell you why. I think that, and I don't know that this is the way they're going to go with this. But as I was kind of mapping this out and looking at it longer term, as you look further into the future, I think CM Punk gets the win. And that only further sends MJF off the deep end. He gets even more evil and sinister and just kind of loses his mind. But what if CM Punk is going to win here because he's going to challenge next for the AEW World Championship? And if he does challenge for the AEW World Championship, he could win the AEW World Championship. Whether it's double or nothing, whether it's all out, it'll be in Chicago. They could be setting up for a big CM Punk win in Chicago, you know, at the end of the summer. But I think Punk could go on and win the AEW World title. MJF is going to be the AEW World Champion. I've, I've already called it. I'm sure a lot of people have said that, yeah, he'll be the champion at some point. I'm not, you know breaking any new ground by saying that. But when I've been asked the question of who I see, what's the succession plan here for the AEW world title? I have MJF on my list very soon in the not too distant future as being the next heel to hold that championship. I think it's going to be him. But what if he takes it from CM Punk? So he loses on Sunday and their issue kind of ends up on the back burner. Punk goes on to win the title, whether it's in May, whether it's possibly in September. When the time comes later this year, it could be a year from now at Revolution, whenever it may be, in their third match, in the rubber match, MJF gets the win from CM Punk, 
And in doing so, he takes the championship from him. He wins the title off of CM Punk. I, I can get behind that story. You know, there's a lot of other people I would love to see hold the AEW world title. But if that is the direction that they were thinking about going in, tying it into this larger story, it's kind of poetic in a way. You know, if MJF is the one to take that title off of Punk and put, you know, kind of put Punk down and then goes on to have his run with the championship. So just food for thought. But uh, I still think CM Punk is picking up the win here in this match. Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, defends the AEW women's title against Thunder Rosa. This is a match that has been a year in the making after their lights-out match on Dynamite last March. Uh, A match that Rosa won, but it was the match, really, that cemented Baker as the star of the women's division, and it sent her on her way, sent her on her path. She went on to become the women's champion at Double or Nothing. She's had the belt ever since. She has been the face. She has been the star of this women's division in AEW. And now Rosa is coming back, and she wants the title. You know, she wants her first taste of gold in this company. It's a very simple story, and yet... uh, And this is the match that I've been wanting, and I've been calling for this match for so long. I thought maybe they would hold off on it until Vegas in May. They're doing it now. I think that's fine. It doesn't feel like the right time. It still just doesn't feel... They. I don't think they've done a great job of heating up Rosa to the level that she should have been kind of heated up to where now it feels like, okay, now's the moment that she should win this championship. It just feels like there's something missing here. I can't quite put my finger on what it is. I think it would benefit from pushing this back until double or nothing if it were me. Now, I know that they're going to be in uh, San Antonio in a couple of weeks for Dynamite. Uh, And San Antonio is the hometown of Thunder Rosa. So they could very well be pushing this back maybe to Dynamite. They could main event the show like they did last year. And Rosa gets a big win in her hometown. I don't think I'm going to feel any differently about this feud in two weeks than I do sitting here right now. Two months from now, though, I might feel differently. And that might feel like, okay, now's the time. In Vegas, at Double or Nothing. Maybe she got fucked over at Revolution. So she's had to kind of fight to get this rematch, and now she's going to win the championship. Just something missing right now. I I don't think I would do the title change right now. So I'm going to pick Britt Baker to retain, I'm sure through uh, nefarious means in some way. I know Meltzer in the newsletter this week said that Rosa suffered a legitimate injury of some kind in the tag team match on Wednesday. Uh, She or uh, the AEW people that he spoke with vehemently denied it, but that's what they would do. She's going to wrestle on Sunday. So if she's hurt, it's not serious enough for her not to wrestle. I would expect them to deny it and say, nope, everything's okay. So I don't know uh, if she's hurt or not, but she's going to be there on Sunday. To me, when I saw her pin Britt Baker on Wednesday in the tag team match, I thought, there's no way she's winning that title. When I saw Thunder Rosa pin her with the Fire Thunder driver, I said, Britt Baker's going to retain. So almost for that reason alone, I think uh, we're going to get a a, uh, retention here from uh, Britt Baker. So that's my prediction. And going on last, as confirmed by Tony Khan in the media call the other day, will be the AEW World Championship match. It will be Hangman Adam Page defending against Adam Cole. Bay Bay. Uh, This is going to be an excellent match. That's my prediction. My prediction is that this match is going to fucking rock. 
You put Adam Cole in the main event, his first pay-per-view main event in AEW for the World Championship, and you th- and and couple that with Hangman, who let's give Hangman his props. This guy has had some kick-ass matches since he became champion. The two matches with Brian Danielson, the Texas Death Match with Lance Archer. Anytime I see this guy on TV, he hasn't had that many title defenses yet, uh, but the matches I've seen him in have been really good. They've been excellent. Now you put him in the ring with someone like Adam Cole, I, I expect nothing less. So I think it's going to be a great match, but I think Hangman retains. Uh, Adam Cole is not going to win the championship. And uh, I think Hangman goes on. He lives to fight another day, at least until double or nothing. Once you get to double or nothing in May, that's where I feel like, depending on who his opponent is, now his title reign starts to feel like it's in jeopardy. Because he just won the belt not too long ago. He took it off Kenny Omega in November. Now it's March. It's not a very long run. Once you get into, like, May, that's when I think you start to get into the the conversation and question about whether or not the time is right. The time is right to to change the title. Because not everybody is going to have a year, year and a half, you know, like Kenny Omega, like Roman Reigns. Not everybody is going to have a long run like that as the champion. But uh, I don't see him losing the title on Sunday. So that is the rundown of the entire card. Uh, On paper, it looks like a tremendous pay-per-view. Long night, but uh, I think it's going to be a great show. And uh, I look forward to dissecting the entire thing with all of you on Sunday night. Whatever time it may be, when it finally goes off the air, I will be here live. So you can get your week started on the right foot by uh, tuning in for your revolution coverage. And with that, let us uh, slide on over. Start going through your uh, super chats here. See what you guys think of these predictions and what predictions you might have of your own. Now's the time to get them on in. Because uh, once uh, once we go through these, we'll do Be the Booker. And we will uh, get the hell out of here. Yeah, Bliss fan, I agree. You know, the fact that AEW only has four pay-per-views uh, in the course of a year, it does it does make it a little tough as far as uh, you know the length of these title runs. I mean, you could have title changes on TV. Kenny Omega, when he won the championship from Moxley, he beat him at Winter is Coming on TV. So you could do that, but it's it's a little bit different because WWE has the monthly uh, the monthly events. Uh, Nayef Al-Safar, thank you for the $4.99. Brian Becerra, thank you for the 10th spot. Says, uh, well, you called Sami Zayn, lost the Intercontinental title uh, via Johnny Knoxville distraction. Miguel in the chat wants to know, am I or were I a Generation Next fan? No, I was a a Generation Me fan in, uh, in Impact. Joseph Brooks, how would you have booked Sting's debut in WWE? The way I would have done it is the same way they did Triple H against The Undertaker at WrestleMania 27 and replaced Triple H with Sting. Uh, if you're if you're referring to the segment on TV where they both came back at the same time and they didn't say a word, and then they just kind of veered up at the WrestleMania sign, yeah, I, I probably would have done something very similar. I don't think that either of them had to say a word. I think Sting could have showed up and uh, point maybe with his baseball bat or something, but uh, I agree. I would have done it in a very similar way. 
Joseph also says, is it safe to say that Big E had Y2J's run with the belt? Y2J had a much better run than Big E did. At least he beat Stone Cold and The Rock in the same night. And then he wrestled The Rock at the Royal Rumble. They gave him the WrestleMania main event, even though that really was not the WrestleMania main event. We know Hogan and Rock was the real WrestleMania main event. Hogan and Rock is one of the greatest WrestleMania matches of all time. Hogan and Rock is one of the greatest matches, period, that I've ever seen. I still get goosebumps when I watch uh, the, the Hulk up and everything from that part on. That match was... That match... that And I, I talked about this on the podcast. That is a five-star match. There are a lot of definitions of what a five-star match is. It's different for everybody. If I had to make a list of five-star matches, that's a five-star match. But Jericho still got to technically main event WrestleMania and defend his title. Biggie never, Biggie, Biggie has never and probably will never walk into WrestleMania as the WWE champion or the Universal champion. So Jericho had a better run as the champion than Biggie did. Look at Jared donating $35 for Christian's LASIK surgery. I don't know. He looked pretty good in the main event tonight. He looked like he could see what he was doing. I hope he can see. He's going to be climbing a ladder on Sunday. He better see where he's able to. Uh, he better be able to see where he's going. Uh, Dan, with the uh, two bucks. Andrade is losing too much. Randall says Solomonster. I am a. Oh, where'd it go? The chat is going too fast. Where'd, where'd that chat go? Oh, it disappeared. Oh, actually, it got retracted. Anyway, he said he was a barber in Vegas. That's all I saw. I didn't see the rest of it, but uh, thank you, Randall. Uh, flamethrower with the $5 super chat. Do you think that Bruce Pritchard is going into the Hall of Fame this year? Bruce Pritchard. He's from Houston and was Undertaker's first WWF manager. No. I don't believe he's going into the Hall of Fame. Not this year. If he does, they should put him in his brother love. They had Scott Hall go in his Razor Ramon. They put everybody in there in their gimmick. So if he ever goes in, he should go in there as brother love. He has to put the makeup on. He's got to put the suit on. He's got to do the whole, I love you. Make him live the gimmick like he's made so many other people live the gimmick, right? He talks about his box of gimmicks. Uh, Rodimus Prime with the 10. Out of all the matches on Sunday, which one are you looking forward to the most? Uh, It's pretty much neck and neck between uh, Moxley and Danielson and Punk and MJF. Sheldon. Are you going to play the Rey Mysterio showcase mode in WWE 2K22? Probably not. I, I don't know. I um, I'm just I'm going to buy the game and I'm going to initially just start playing random stuff. Yeah, I haven't played a WWE 2K game since 2K16. So when I was doing the Sound of Gamer stuff, it was 2K16. It was a long time ago. So initially, I might just do that and then probably create the Solomonster. And we'll go on a, a journey with the Solomonster from the Performance Center. And Sean, you know, Shawn Michaels will be in the Performance Center coaching us. You know, he's going to be telling us. 
and then we'll kind of move on and Salamasa will rise up the ranks and we'll we'll see how he does. So it should be fun. Uh bogus fan. Maybe a mul a multi-man ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Sheamus, Holland, Kofi, Biggie, and maybe maybe Mansoor. Yeah, you know what? I could see that too. I, if they don't have anything for the New Day, maybe they just put all of them in some kind of a multi-man match. Uh, we got CTM. The Goon is better than Bret Hart. Easily not close. Thanks for the two bucks. Uh, Team Forward. Vince McMahon is really high on Austin Theory. Really? I, I didn't know that. Uh, Dan, you against Wendy Chu in a movie theater, bro, blanket and pillow on a pole, bro. Uh, Ojali Burgos with the 10 spot. I thought Pat's interview was great. He asked tough questions and got more out of Vince than I thought he would. Interesting to hear the reason why Vince prefers superstar over wrestler. I get the logic. Yeah, I mean, it was good. I, I didn't hear anything from him that I haven't heard him say before. So I, I... A lot of it was just kind of retread stuff that I've already heard him say before, little bits and pieces and like documentary stuff. And I, to me, it's just, it's, it's comical to me the way they built this up for the first time in 15 years. He's sitting down for a live interview. He literally sat down for a live interview on their own network with Steve Austin. What was it? Like seven years ago, seven or eight years ago. I can't even believe it's been that long. So it's, it's almost like that interview didn't happen. That was a live interview. Does that not count? Uh, Ojali says, also, genuine question. Uh, do you know what's the deal with Bixen Spin? Dude has a uh, weird obsession. No, I don't know. I communicate with him. I, I don't have any issues. You know, he's a, he's a journalist. Uh, Tyrone Dunstan with the two bucks. Thank you, Tyrone. I appreciate it. Uh, Jamin John, Randy Orton is a good wrestler, but my God, when he does the Luthez press, it is the worst thing ever. Yeah, he might want to leave that to uh, someone else. Santiago. Yeah, Santiago in the chat. Austin, look. It's just a matter of personal preference. You know, Pat didn't ask him any kind of tough questions. They were very basic questions, and that's fine, you know, because he was very appreciative of Vince flying in and doing the interview, and he's his boss, and, you know, I, I get it. But you're absolutely right. Austin uh, asked tougher questions than Pat McAfee did. I, I got more out of the interview with Austin than I did the interview with McAfee, personally. Uh, Jamin John, is The Rock originally, is The Rock originally wanted to work with Rey Mysterio instead of Goldberg at Backlash in 2003? No, I mean, I, I recall Rock literally going, I think, to like a movie set that Goldberg was on. I think Goldberg was filming some kind of role in a movie. He was personally, uh, recruiting Goldberg to come in. Like, that's the match that he wanted. So I, I never heard that uh, that he wanted Ray Backlash. I've, I've never heard that before. Craving the sweet release of death. Let's 
going on, brother? Buy or sell? Stephen Austin with Hook's hair. Steve Austin with Hook's hair. Now, that's an interesting... That's a Photoshop waiting to happen is what that is. Uh, but I don't know what the buyer sell is. Oh, I guess am I buying or am I selling on that? I'm buying on that. I, I need to see that. Uh, also, buyer sell Hook with Austin's... Oh, okay. So you, you basically separated them into two different Super Chats. So buy or sell Austin with Hook's hair or Hook with Austin's baldness. Now, we can't have bald Hook. We can't have bald hook. We can't do that. That doesn't work. Steve Heredia with the $10. Thank you, Steve. I'll watch later. Almost out of work. You, Mr. Monster, in the chat. What match of revolution will open the show on Sunday? I kind of think they're going to open with the ladder match. Just my guess. Food Hive. I missed you. I missed you too, Food Hive. Thank you for the five. See Moonsault. Now that AEW has absorbed Ring of Honor. I love it. It's like the blob. It just absorbs things. It's like the thing. It, it latches onto its host. Do you think Anthem could buy WWE and absorb them into Impact? Like how WWF absorbed WCW and ECW back in the day. No. No. Uh, Rizzo. Happy Friday. Just found out my sister is about to give birth. Oh, congratulations. Also, I think it's Wednesday at midnight is when Jeff Hardy is free to appear in AEW. That's what I'm thinking. I I don't think we're going to see him on Wednesday. Samoan fan, what's your favorite Rocky film? Uh, Personally, it's Rocky IV. Against the evil Russian. Seems kind of appropriate today. Jared M. with the $35 Super Chat. Britt against Rosa. Rematch. A double or nothing. Should be the co-main event with Rosa winning the title. Cannot wait for Punk against MJF on Sunday. Should be a bloody mess. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, indeed. Uh, Luis Belmont Show Walkthroughs. You gotta let me know one of these days, by the way, Luis. What are you walking through exactly? Uh, I'm barely watching SmackDown right now while eating a Carnitas burrito bowl. And why would they set up Boogs and Nakamura against the Usos for WrestleMania? You know, I hadn't thought about that. I, I suppose that is why they probably did that tonight. Um, because they don't have any other real teams. That's why. Who else do they defend the tag team titles against? The fucking New Day again? How many times are we going to see that match? So, yeah, you're probably right. It's probably a Nakamura Boogs uh, match challenging the Usos for the tag belts. Yeah, you know, in the in the chat, I, I, I got to go with Yvonne Drago over uh, Clubber Lang. If he dies, he dies. And that whole training montage, no easy way out. It's like the quintessential 80s movie right there. Right? The music, the whole, uh, you know, the, the evil Russian storyline. Randall, Solomonster, I am a huge fan of your show. I am a barber from Vegas. How about you come by for a haircut before one of the big shows here? Would love to talk wrestling. 
Well, I might, ha- I might have to take you up on that if I ever uh, find myself back in Vegas. We'll see. We'll see. I wouldn't want to go to Vegas though and get, uh, you know, get, get like a botched haircut or anything like that. Don't, don't go uh, too crazy on me. I'll end up with uh, like a perm or something. Solomonster perm. Can you imagine? I look like little Annie. Not be a good look for me. That, that's like my pandemic look. If you remember when my, my hair was, I didn't get a haircut for like 16 weeks. Until finally, in like June of 2020, I went for a haircut. It's like I had a mop on my head. It was ridiculous. I couldn't stand it. I don't ever want to look like that again. Look like little orphan Annie. With my curls. Uh, Darth Panic. $5 super chat. You think Cena or Rock make an appearance at WrestleMania? I am very, um, very much starting to think that we are going to get a rock appearance at the end of the show. Especially if Roman Reigns wins. I don't think you go off the air with with the heels celebrating his big win. I think the rock might show up. They might want to tease, you know, a a possible match next year between them. But you would only do that, though, if you knew for sure that you had a commitment from the rock to do that match at WrestleMania 39. Otherwise, it doesn't serve any purpose. Uh, Cena, no. I don't see Cena there. But rock... I, I think there's a pretty good chance. Uh, and Samoan Fan 101, have you seen the Creed movies? No, I have not. I probably should. I saw the first five Rocky movies, including that terrible fifth one. With uh, Tommy, Tommy Gunn. But no, I did not see any of the Creed movies. I did hear good things about them. I probably, I probably should. Probably should see them. We have an update, by the way, from Tundar the Argonian in the chat. Uh, breaking news Veer is coming. In case you didn't know, Veer is still coming. And shout out to Nir, joining us all the way from Israel. Bearwolf says, My hair is to the middle of my back. How do you get your hair to go all the way to your back like that? He says his hair goes all the way to his back. It gets on my nerves sometimes, but I don't think I will cut it. What are my top four Tom Jones songs? It's not unusual. (laughs) Might be the only one I know. Rocky, low-key Rocky Five was good, says Ted Evans. Eh... I don't know about that. It's definitely the weakest of those initial five. I think we can agree on that. (laughs) I will fall asleep watching the movies. You're probably right. We had this discussion the other night. I probably will fall asleep. Uh, Nier dropping a super chat. In this rate, Nier will debut before Veer. I think you're right. There you go. Nier is going to make his debut before Veer does. And Bob the Builder, have you watched The Dark Knight? What do you think? No, I never saw it. The Carlton Dance. Yeah, well, that that's honestly how I... That's the first thing I think of when I think of that Tom Jones song. Not unusual to me. See, I gotta be careful. If I actually sing the song... If I do a good enough job of uh, singing the song, YouTube will hit me with a copyright strike. <laughs> it's 
It's ridiculous the way this system works. If you do karaoke for certain songs on here, they can hit you. They can mistake you for actually playing the music. Uh, who do I think will win at WrestleMania, Roman or Brock? Well, I'll do my WrestleMania predictions when we get a little bit closer. I want to give them all away now. Let us go to uh, our Be the Booker segment. I know you're all waiting with bated breath, so uh, let us be the booker. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the booker. We are, of course, in the middle of our March Madness. I'm going to be putting some brackets together, one for the men, one for the women. I've already collected about uh, three, I think three matches for each. Once I have eight matches that we've randomly chosen, I'll put a bracket together for each, and then the voting will begin. Which match you think should advance to the next round? But to get there, we still have a few more matches that we got to pick for. And I got another super chat I have to read first before we get into this here. From Samoan fan, who just dropped two bucks. You've seen Rockies 1 through 5. What about Rocky 6? I just told you I saw 1 through 5. What part of that don't you understand? I saw 1 through 5. He says, what about 6? I have not seen 6 because I've only seen 1 through 5. Although 5 plus 1 equals 6. Is this some kind of trick question? Are you trying to fuck me over here? Are you trying to trip me up? Samoan fan? Are you trying to confuse me? All right, let's do this. We'll start with the men. This is a main event match. We're trying to book... Remember what we're doing here. We're trying to book main event caliber matches here. That's what we're trying to do. First pick, the Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, celebrating his World Heavyweight Championship win in the Elimination Chamber way back when, 20 years ago. Look at him. What a a great match that was. Pretty good start. Let's see who he's going to be stepping into the ring with. Shawn Michaels is going to go one-on-one with the British Bulldog, Davy Boy Smith. Two men who are very familiar with each other, Michaels and Bulldog, have had uh, many matches before. Bulldog looks uh, a little weird in that. There's Andre. Look at that. Andre, uh, Andre was in horrible shape by this point. You can see him with his cane in the background, but uh, that's a hell of a match. We got ourselves a winner. I think this may win the whole tournament. We may have our Be the Booker men's tournament winner right here with these two guys. So uh, anyway, that's a uh, that's most definitely a win. And uh, now we will flip over to the ladies' side, see if we can uh, do the deal here. On the women's uh, side of things. So, first pick is Nyla Rose. We have Nyla Rose. And uh, Nyla Rose is going to be going one-on-one with Alexa Bliss. Nyla Rose against Alexa Bliss. I don't really like that match. I don't know. That that match doesn't really do it for me. 
Can't say that it does it for me. But it's going into the bracket, nonetheless. It is going into the bracket. Maybe some of you will vote for this match. Maybe some of you would like to see Nyla Rose one-on-one against Alexa Bliss. I'm not buzzing it because of Alexa or because of Nyla individually. Just that as a match, that doesn't really uh, get me excited. (laughs) The algorithm is flawed. The algorithm is randomized. This is what we land on here. Anyway, so uh, those are the two matches that uh, will be going into the tournament brackets. And we will, of course, be uh, picking some more matches on... uh, Well, actually, you know what? We have the pay-per-view on Sunday. So we might... We might do another installment. We might on Sunday. We might not even have to wait until Wednesday. We might do it on Sunday. <laughs> Bliss fan says Alexa deserves better than that. Bliss fan would have been very happy if I would have landed on Alexa against Charlotte because that's the match that Bliss fan really wanted at WrestleMania this year. But uh, as I as I told Bliss fan in uh, email, you're you weren't going to get that match. You weren't going to get that match. And sure enough, I was right. As I am more often than not. Why do you doubt me? Why does anybody doubt me? You know what I'm talking about. Where is Bulu? That's a good question. We have not heard from Bulu. I hope Bulu is doing well. Bulu, last we uh, heard from him, uh, Bulu had lost his father. So uh, he was hanging out with us in the chat a lot, super chatting a lot, a lot of super chats. All non-wrestling super chats, all kinds of questions. And, uh, yeah, we haven't heard from him in a a couple of months. So I hope he's doing well wherever he is. Uh, Rizzo, $10 super chat. Uh, What do you think about the rumors that the talks with Cody and WWE have fizzled? I've heard otherwise. I've heard that the deal is done. And they're coming up with WrestleMania plans for him. The writers have been told to come up with stuff for Cody. Maybe that's his new name. Maybe Fizzle is going to be his new name. The Fizzler. <laughs> we'll see. I still think Cody is coming into WWE. Uh, do I read questions on the pod? We do have a mailbag segment on most weeks. Not every week. Sometimes uh, we run out of time. But I've been doing a mailbag segment on the podcast since I started the show 15 years ago. Uh any of those questions, though, if I if I pull any of them, uh, the place to do that is via email. So it's thesolomonster at gmail.com. Solomonster at gmail.com is the email address. Hey, Desmond McCade, I think Desmond, did Desmond just become a member or did he upgrade? I don't know. But Desmond is a member of the channel. I don't know if you just joined or not, but if you did... Thank you, sir. I'll give you an orange Cassidy thumbs up. There you go. Can't really see it. And uh, Boots with the five bo- uh, $5 Super Chat. Buy or sell Talia Shire in the Godfather franchise or the Rocky franchise? I can't go against Adrian. Yo, Adrian. Of course, I, I got to go with the Rocky series. Yeah, yeah, people have asked me, what do I think Seth Rollins is doing at WrestleMania? Seth Rollins is the odd man out right now, especially if Owens ends up doing a segment of some kind with the Texas Legends and maybe Austin. He's not wrestling. Austin's not wrestling a match. I still don't, I still don't buy that. But um, what's Rollins going to do? 
could very well be Cody Rhodes. There's no other name that I come back to other than Cody. Who else would it be at this point? Everybody else is occupied. AJ is occupied. Edge, they've already done that. Balor's going to be occupied probably with Damian Priest. Owens, it looks like, again, is going to be occupied doing other stuff. He's not being inserted into the championship match. We know that. So, Seth and Cody, that could be the that could be the play, you know, for WrestleMania this year. Uh, how did I feel about Ronda's performance tonight? It was fine. It was three minutes. You can't really gauge someone in three minutes. I know Goldberg made a career out of that when he first got into the business, but she was fine. She won't really be tested until WrestleMania, though, because she's going to be in the main event. That ain't going to be a three-minute match. Now, we know the two of them have had an excellent match before, one-on-one, many years ago, but that was, you know, almost four years ago. So what kind of match are they going to have at WrestleMania? I think it'll be, I think it'll be good, but she's not really going to be tested until she gets in there with Charlotte on night one. Uh, we have uh, EJ Slemp, $5 Super Chat. I'm predicting Vince will get bored with Austin Theory, and in six months he'll be wrestling for the 24-7 title on main event. And Ted Evans, where is Miro? Is he still hurt? Uh, yeah, that's that's my understanding. Otherwise, he'd be back on TV by now, so I think he is still hurt. Rhonda is an awful baby face. I, I, I think she should be a heel. That's what I pitched weeks ago when she first came back. It's why I was so sad to see her leave three years ago. I said, my God, the way she was healing on the fans and everything, which is legit, by the way, she really didn't just completely dislike the fans. Lean into that. She could have been such a great heel on TV. I still think she can be. It just feels so forced, you know, and she talked about it on her uh, YouTube channel, I think it was, you know, how Vince pulled her aside after that first night back a few weeks ago and said, you got to smile more, you know, you got to, you got to do it for the fans. But I think heel, heel Ronda's, that's the play. That's the real play. I think, I think it would come more naturally to her. Hey, Mange, have a good weekend to you as well. And enjoy the pay-per-view on Sunday. Manj is uh, wishing everybody a great weekend and saying to enjoy revolution. Brooklyn Bleak says, I like how Vince called released wrestlers dead weight, but wishes them the best in their future endeavors. Well, at least at least he does that, right? At least he does. You could tell which people they really don't like when they leave and they don't wish them well in their future endeavor. That happens sometimes, too. Tuxedo, that's exactly right. Use her her very real disdain to make money. Use it for maximum effect. That's exactly it. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Miguel wants to know, how much booze, uh, if you drink, are you going to drink for Mania? I'm not going to be drinking for Mania. It's like a four-hour show both nights. I need to be coherent and lucid for this uh, stream. No drinking for me. Do I think Brock and Roman will be better than WrestleMania 31? That is the question. I don't, uh, but I'm hoping I'm hoping they can pull off uh, 
something similar because that match was X. I was there for that match. And, um, you know, watching it from, from pretty high up. But that was a great match, even before the cash-in by Rollins. You know, but that was also, my God, 2015. So it's, it's, it's like a lifetime ago. Fuck, it's like seven years. I can't believe that. Seven years ago. But uh, if this match can be anywhere close to the 31, then it's going to be a it's going to be a fun match. Uh, yes, I will be doing wrap ups on both nights as I have each of the last two years. This is going to be the third straight year of a two night WrestleMania. Uh, it will work the same way that it's worked the last two years. So on night one, when it's over that Saturday, I'll be live. And then we'll do a podcast on Sunday. And then Sunday night, I'll be live after night two. It's a very, very, for me, a very, very hectic, very, very busy weekend. Uh, But it could be very fruitful for the channel. uh, Because we tend to get a lot of traffic on this channel. And pick up a lot of new subs and maybe some new memberships. So, uh, you know, getting as many eyeballs as possible on the channel is uh, never a bad thing. So, but it's a lot. Because now you got to factor in the NXT show, which is on WrestleMania Saturday. So I think at noon Eastern is NXT Stand and Deliver. So I have to figure out what I'm doing there. I might go live when that's over as well. So it could be a case where I'm watching NXT from 12 to 3, going live at 3.30 for whatever, 90 minutes or two hours. And maybe I'll have time to eat dinner, turn around, and then, you know, the, the WrestleMania kickoff is probably going on at six, right? So <laughs> it's gonna I don't know I don't know what I'm doing as far as NXT, but uh it's gonna be a hectic fucking weekend, I could tell you that much. Am I a beer, wine, or liquor person? Um not I I, I do drink wine if I'm you know, at a at an event and it's being served. I'm not really a wine guy though. I don't really like wine. I'll tolerate it if I have to, but I don't. I don't. Um, I don't really like it. I'm more of a beer and a, and a liquor guy more than uh, more than wine and even beer. More liquor than beer. <clears throat> yeah, Ed, it is. It's it is it is too much. And what for one weekend? I I wish they would do the NXT event that Thursday, maybe. I mean that that to me would be the way to go. It, it's just it's crazy, you know. You got SmackDown Friday night. Well, actually, technically SmackDown and Rampage, uh, but I may have to forego Rampage. You have SmackDown, and you've got the Hall of Fame immediately follows that with the Undertaker, and again the very next day at noon you have NXT, then you have WrestleMania, then you have I got episode seven. 51 or whatever it's going to be that weekend. I got to do a podcast. And then a second night of WrestleMania. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. There's no doubt. Uh, Randall just dropped a pair of Super Chats. If employed in AEW or WWE, what role would you take? Well, I wouldn't be a wrestler. I would, um, I'd probably be like an announcer, a commentator, something, something similar to what I'm doing now with House of Glory. So, I mean, there's other things behind the scenes as well. I I would say announcer. Probably. That, That would be the most likely role. But not in WWE. 
I, I don't I don't know how much fun that would be. Pat McAfee seems to be having fun though on SmackDown. So good for him. I'm happy for him. He see he's a genuine fan. He just looks like he's just happy to be there. So that enthusiasm comes across on TV. It's almost infectious. Now he can be very over the top sometimes to the point where I wish he would shut up and dial it back a little bit. He definitely goes overboard sometimes. But um yeah, he he's got a level of energy and enthusiasm that I frankly think is missing. You know, the the one thing you can't say about Pat McAfee when he's out there is that he sounds like a drone or a robot or that he's reciting lines and you know, so I, I appreciate that about him. That's true, Miguel. I, I said announcer, but he says uh Solomon will be the PR guy for Tony Khan. I could do public relations. Don't forget I could be the PR guy as well. Tell them what to do and tell them what not to do. But I, I've worked with clients, it doesn't matter what you tell them sometimes you get that client, they're gonna do whatever they want. It's like, don't do it. Don't put that statement out. It's going to blow up in your face. Some people just can't be controlled. Some people just cannot be controlled. I've had those experiences in my career as well. What are you going to do? you got to clean up the mess after the fact. Donnie Yasu, any plans for Be The Booker tag teams? Uh, I do want to work on one for the tag teams, but I have to create the animation. So... The new ones that we're now using, I created those myself. And each one of those took about 10 or 11 hours each to uh, to, put, to put the video together. So I just need to find time. <laughs> I need to find time to, uh, to work on that. But yes, I do want to do a tag team one. That isn't the plans. Solid Monster can be the guy that announces whenever Tony Khan has an announcement. I can do that. Uh, Near. Yes, I agree. I agree. I hope everybody in uh, in that part of the world is as best as possible staying safe. But I know it's uh, getting tougher and tougher every day. It's, uh, it's damn near impossible. So I'm being told that we're closing in very soon on, on 300 likes during the live stream. It'll be more than that later, but uh, who is it? In this? Miguel, was it Miguel? No, it was, uh, it was Tundar. Tundar in the chat says, Veer will come if we hit 300 likes. So if you want Veer to come, if you want an explosion, you got to get us to 300 likes in the next uh, 90 seconds here before I get out of here. Now that's a Marcus. I appreciate that, but uh, I'm gonna. I'll work on that myself. I want it to be in the same format that I did this one in. And I'm a maniac when I go looking for the different um, wrestlers and teams to put in there. You know, I try to. I try to get as many as I can, and I'll think of every every tag team that I have seen in my life that's worth putting in there. We'll put the posse in there. Patterson and Briscoe will be in there, the Stooges. And then, of course, we'll have all the great ones as well. We'll have the Heart Foundation. We'll have the Road Warriors. We'll have Demolition. And it'll be good. But we gotta get we got to get through these uh, Be the Booker tournaments first that we're doing. And then maybe next month I'll work on the tag team one. By the way, for those channel members, uh, there was, I, I didn't mention this before, but I did a very brief um, call-in show 
We had another episode of Better Call Solo Monster. Didn't have a lot of calls, uh, but I did go live half an hour earlier than I had said I would. So that probably had something to do with it. Uh, but we took about two or three calls, and I was talking to people in the chat for about half an hour. So uh, it's brief. It's quick. If you missed it, it's up in the archives. Every channel member, you're a member, superstar or legend, you have access to that. And anytime we do a call-in show, you have access to that. So that is in the archives if you missed it yesterday. We did that last night. We'll do another one in a, probably in a couple of weeks. Uh, Steve just got home, has to start this video over. Well, you'll do that. Wait, wait until I, uh, end things here in a second and you can start over from the beginning. These things get archived right away. So. Where are the rewind segments? Are you talking RSPW rewind? There's a whole playlist on this channel. You guys need to, some people don't realize that there are playlists on this channel that I put together that have every single installment that I've ever done of RSPW Rewind. Uh, a lot of the countdowns that I've done in the past, top 10, top 15 countdowns. Uh, there's a Sound of Gamer playlist. There's, um, I had my This Week in History segments that I did for an entire year. They're all there. So they're all organized in those playlists. If you're ever bored and you want to go check out some of the old stuff, they're all there. Uh, D wants to know, how will I spend my Saturday? Um, my Saturday is completely gone because I have a lot of work to do in preparation for the podcast on Sunday. Uh, so it's going to take up my, it's going to take up my entire time. And, uh, I will also say that I have not watched NXT yet. So I, and on top of all that, I have to go watch NXT because I, I didn't have a chance to watch it. So, uh, yeah, that's my whole day. My whole day is gone tomorrow. So that is how I will be spending my Saturday working. Yeah. Uh, dark side of the ring reviews are there as well. Thank you, EJ. All of my dark side of the ring reviews from the last probably two seasons are all up in a playlist as well, in the playlist section. It's all there. I should play Elden Ring for Sound of Gamer? I've, I've heard about it. I don't know what it's about. I don't know if I would like it. Uh, is Dark Side of the Ring canceled? It's not canceled. It just has not yet been uh, greenlit for a fourth season. I think it will be, but you got, you know, after what happened with some of those episodes, especially the Ric Flair one, I said at the time, it's going to be harder to get people to cooperate and sit down now going forward to do interviews. When they see what happened to Flair and to Tommy Dreamer and, you know, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, I think, to get some people to talk and to open up. But um, I, I think there'll be a fourth season. I think ultimately they'll probably do a fourth season. Uh, DJT, do I think CM Punk will walk out with his Ring of Honor theme at the pay-per-view? Miseria Cantari? I would love that. I don't know that the fans in Orlando would, though, because they like to sing along to Punk's current song, so they might not like it. But, you know, if he's talking about you want the old CM Punk, um, maybe. The thing is, though, when when he says that, and the photo of him with a young MJF, what was that, 2006, I think? Punk was already done with Ring of Honor at that point. So 
you know, was was MJF really watching Punk when he was coming out to Miseria Cantare and coming out to this AFI song when he was in Ring of Honor? I, probably not. I would I would mark out though if he came out to that song. I love that song. So I don't think he will, but uh, I would love it if he did. Just for one night only, I would love that. Uh, did I hear about the Teddy Hart documentary on Peak? I heard they're working on some kind of a Teddy Hart documentary. I, you know, I don't really have a whole lot of interest in Teddy Hart. Uh, would anyone there even know that Punk had that theme? Look, it's the AEW audience. So, yeah, I think a good chunk of the crowd probably would. They probably would. Uh, they probably would react if he came out to the old. I mean, you'll have some people who don't know the significance of it, but I think the AEW audience. Uh, you've got a lot of old school Ring of Honor fans who are part of that audience. So I, I think enough people would know the music. Look, there were a lot of people that were upset when, when Brian didn't come out to um, uh, uh, Journey. Was it Journey? Uh, not Journey. Um, Europe. Final Countdown. Because they remember him using it, you know, way back when. So... Eric, yeah, that was the AFI song. Uh, Turtlehead, I would like to hear Adam Cole's Ring of Honor theme song again. Aye. You, you, can't, you can't replace his uh, current music. His current music is the one that gets a big reaction when he comes out. It's got all the, the points in there where you pause and you do the boom and you do the baby. <clears throat> you can't replace that. Uh, anyway, on the podcast on Sunday, I am going to talk about Tony Khan buying Ring of Honor. Uh, all the details about it, what we know, what we don't know, uh, what I think he's going to do with it, what I think he should do with it. We'll talk about that whole story, and uh, we'll talk about Vince McMahon on Pat McAfee's show. I'll give my thoughts on that. We'll talk about uh, Samoa Joe made some comments this week. Keith Lee made some comments on Talk is Jericho. Uh, we'll run down the Revolution card again if I have any changes in my predictions, which I don't think I will, but uh, we'll go through that as well. My Raw thoughts, my NXT thoughts, and Cain uh, Velasquez. That's a crazy story. That is a crazy story. We'll talk about that too. So a lot to cover on uh, 746 on Sunday. I hope you guys will download it. As soon as it hits your uh, subscription boxes, your feeds, however you listen Podbean directly or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Every major streaming platform you can listen to the sound of. You've got no excuse. One last look at the poll here. SmackDown still uh it's still above the 50% line, 52.2. And then over on the uh, AEW side, 87 up, 13 down for what I thought was an excellent uh, episode of Rampage. Simi Valley says, uh, more likely to happen, Cody back in AEW or WWE? Uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to say WWE. If he, if he goes back to AEW, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Nothing would shock me at this point. Uh, I do believe that he had discussions with WWE. Could they fall through? Could he have cold feet and get second thoughts? Yeah, it's possible. 
they come to their senses, they get back together and, you know, kiss and make up. And it's very possible. But I, I still feel like he's going to be in WWE. I don't think that they would have dropped those little teases and gotten so cute about it on their social media and on TV uh, if they didn't know that they had him coming in. So I had to take a pick. I think he's going to be in WWE. And yes, Amazon Music. Thank you. Morphine. Amazon Music as well. Alejandro, thank you. That that means a lot. Gabriella, thank you for joining. All right, guys, this has been fun. Two hours and 20 minutes in. I'm going to get the hell out. Where are we, by the way, on the likes? Remember someone said Veer would come? Oh, we're not there yet. Veer, Veer will... Veer will have to continue coming, I suppose. We didn't, we didn't hit that uh, benchmark, so. Poor Veer. He's going to have to continue to come. This poor bastard. <laughs> I feel bad for the guy. Holy shit. This poor bastard. We see Shanky on TV every, every uh, well, not every week, but we saw Shanky on TV tonight. Still no Veer. All right, be well, stay safe, uh, have a good weekend. Hopefully you are not working, and enjoy your weekend. And uh, I will be back with you for 746 on Sunday and right back here live on the channel, probably around midnight Eastern. But whenever the AEW pay-per-view goes off the air, you come on back here and uh, we'll talk AEW Revolution. So until then, take care, guys.